the Mac. So I'm here in the studio with Josiah Evance. Is that how you Evance? Evance? Yeah, I don't care. It's an interesting name. I don't think I'd ever heard that name until um, I, until I found you. There's not many. Yes. Yeah. No, I don't. You're probably the only person I know named Josiah. Also, it's also rare. Yeah. Um, almost like the outlaw Josie Wales, but Josiah Wales. <laughs> anyway, it's close enough. Yeah. So, um, I was just uh, the last guest I had on David Brown. I don't know if you met him very much, but uh, we were chatting in Midtown Coffee the other day, which is uh, which is your business. And uh, I was like, dude, you got to come on the podcast. Like, uh, we're just talking about great stuff right now. So we did. We just sat down and had like an hour and fifty minute podcast, which my video card filled up during. So that might be partially an audio episode, unfortunately. So, uh, but man. Uh, Good to have you in the studio. Uh, thank you for making the time. Um, so, dude, let's talk about your motorcycle accident. <laughs> it's the best thing that's happened in my life so far. Dude, um, so I guess maybe um, your wife mentioned to my wife. that Dude, that means we're like old or something. Yeah, uh, it's getting there. Which you are like, what, what are you? Are you 25 yet? No, no, I'm 22. Good for you, dude. Yeah. Just ride it. Just ride it straight stay in, stay in You know what? I got, I, I'm trying to think how old I was when I got into being an entrepreneur. I was in college, but I, man, I was, I was past 23. Yeah. So if you're anything like I was or anything like scientists say, um, human beings are, uh, if you're doing the stuff you're doing right now, when you hit like that 23 to 25 year old mark, it's going to like, so like core is 25 right now and I'm 30 about to be 31 you that old yeah, man you are old dude i know <laughs> i try to keep it real with my man bun and my beard yeah yeah but uh and two i think um in ways martial arts has uh, like made my shoulders or wrists older maybe or my knees all my joints That's uh, it could be my diet um i like donuts <laughs> uh but <clears throat> it it is um it is maybe younger in ways too just yeah. the act of exercising so but um, I think my wife said to your wife, because uh, it was like, oh, is, how's Josiah? Is he depressed? And she's like, no, he's actually super happy because he doesn't have to work a whole bunch <laughs> right true. now. Yeah. Like, which, dude, I get that, man. Yeah. That's why, like, uh, I'm like, sometimes Cora, like, maybe even today might get frustrated with me about podcasting so much. Uh, but I'm just like, no, it, like, balances me way out. Yeah. It's something that, you know, I, I could see it relaxing you after, you know, working. I don't know, like being your uh, your own boss and stuff, it's like, man, the hours you got to pull, it's it's tough. And, well, and sometimes I just want to not, I mean, in like inevitably every podcast, like we, t like me and uh, David Brown, we were talking about, uh, David Brown and I, however you say it, we're talking about martial arts like yeah. crazy because he had trained some martial arts and we just were having a conversation about it. But man, sometimes I just want to not talk about martial arts, like in, <laughs> you know, not like in, not in any negative way. Like I love doing what I do, but sometimes I just want to be like, yeah, I mean, like you, you actually, uh, before you had your accident, uh, started training and are yeah. are going to uh, gonna keep keep after it, um, based off our conversation the other day and Tori's training. But uh, sometimes you just want to have non-martial arts-related stuff in your life. like Definitely, I get that. Yeah. Well, uh, so rest in peace to your motorcycle. Is it totally totaled? It was, yeah, it was done. 
Yeah, but uh, luckily the I got like a thousand dollars more than I paid for it from the insurance because I got a real good deal on it. So, yeah, it's pretty good. Let's put that on your medical bill. <laughs> on my medical bills, they are uh, just about all taken care oh, of. Oh man, I heard. Um, I think maybe your sister told me. Um, so just so it, uh, if it makes you, how old your sister? Uh, the one that works for yeah, us yeah. now. She. Oh gosh. She, she in high school? No, no, no she's, she's graduated now, but she's a uh, twenty. Now, well, she's doing she's a good job down there. Yeah, yeah, she's doing good. She's she is. Uh, every time I go in, she's like very um, nice to the customers. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just good. the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah, to their faces. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, you just got. She's um. She's, she's super nice to me anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. She loves you. She she's a lot like me, uh, as far as like, like I remember polite and stuff, but uh, just the, the sense of sense of humor is the same, you know. So love making fun of people. So yeah, yeah. Me too. That's, That's why I need this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so I went, and any audience member, uh, listeners uh, that are tuning in right now, so, or after the fact, since we're not live, but uh, I was in the coffee shop the other day and there was widespread panic on the radio, dude. <laughs> you made a post about dude. that. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I walk in, you're playing widespread panic, yeah. I will make a post. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you right now, bro. I don't even think I've ever heard widespread panic over speakers that I didn't put there. Right. They are hands down one of my favorite. I was playing them for, we just had the owner of Valley Piano, Brian Chinowith on. And oh, really? He, um, do, you, do you know Brian? Yeah, well, just from going in there. Yeah, he um, obviously owns a business called Valley Piano, but he was commenting. He's like, oh, I sell that same piano that JoJo Herman's playing. That's super funky. You know, like we were kind of talking about um, talking about that on the podcast, but um yeah, Brian Chenoweth. Uh, it was it was a fun episode. We talked for like three and a half hours. Is that, now is that the son or is that the? That's the son. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. younger guy. guy. The long goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He. Um, we're gonna do a series of podcasts. We kind of discerned, and uh, I've got a chat with him because I just ran through the whole list over like the Marvel universe, Ooh. and like start with like Captain America, and either do. Um, I don't know. We're trying to come up with a creative way to do it, but we want to watch all of them and then like review them. So like start, I think Captain America is the very first one in the narrative you start with in like phase one. And then it goes to like Iron Man one and, um, you just keep going down the list. But when you get into like phase two, then the shows agents of shield, was agent Carter, yeah, daredevil punisher, all these other, um, all these other little subsets of within the Marvel universe start coming in. I'm kind of fascinated by it. Plus I've never seen guardians of the galaxy. Have you not? It's really good. It's a, uh, it takes like the humor up to a next level. I feel like, um, guardians Two, I'd say like, is, uh, I'd say maybe they pushed like the humor a little bit too far, but they like redeemed me with some of like the, like emotions that they got out of you. towards Yeah. The yeah. What do you think about the blade movies? The like the older Blade movies with Wesley Snipes. Oh, they were good. They were okay, good. see, I like the first couple. I really like the first one, but man, I was reading all this crazy stuff about like I hated the third one. I thought that they pushed the comedy see, too far with all. Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel. Oh yeah. And um, apparently, Wesley Snipes is this crazy method actor. Really? Like like Jim Carrey, yeah. but a vampire. <laughs> so like <laughs> he crazy. was like. Uh, him and the director got into it at some point over like I don't even remember what it was, but one time uh, there's one scene in a nightclub with like the blood or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but like there was like w- like one black person on set, and like they put him in this T-shirt that said "garbage" on it, and he's like, "What the hell is this?" 
you know, it was like super mad and then stopped talking. I don't know if it was that or other issues, but he stopped. Oh, no, he maybe he choked the director. Some crazy story. He gets confrontation on sets all was the time. Was part of the method acting? or was Maybe it- when you're a vampire character. I don't know. I think he's just maybe an a-hole. He did go to prison for not paying his taxes. Did he really? Yeah, and him and Joe Rogan were going to get in a fight. No way. That, yeah, no Joe way. Rogan almost fought Wesley Snipes in an MMA fight, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to look it up just so. In dude, an MMA fight? Yeah. I said, he would have been destroyed. Exactly. Dude, Joe Rogan's uh, spinning sidekick would have ruined that guy's life. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to Google Wesley Snipes, Joe Rogan, fight. Uh, apparently, Snipes backed out of it or whatever. Smart decision. No, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was the thing. Uh, Joe Rogan details the time he almost fought Wesley Snipes. Years before James Tony was almost put to sleep by Randy Couture, there were rumors. Da, da, da. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Wesley Snipes, uh, interesting cat. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing since he's been out of prison. Dude, I've literally never, I haven't heard anything of him in He a needs while. to like play like Dennis Rodman in a biopic or something. He could I feel like it. he can make a good Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah. He just needs to get back on the horse again, probably. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so like he wouldn't interact with the director at all. So the director, like he would, uh, give the director post-it notes. Like he wouldn't talk to him. He'd be like, dude, that's so childish though. Like, like apparently be like right here looking at the director and, and like write no a post-it way. note and then, and then sign it blade. That's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, apparently he just like, I don't know if he was drinking or smoking or what, like all day in his trailer. Just like really? they said, he just got super, super effed up all day. But uh, you see that uh, documentary on Netflix, uh, Jim and Andy. Jim and Andy about I Jim Carrey's method acting when he oh. was playing uh, Andy Kaufman's character in uh, Man in the Moon. They added that like just a couple of days ago. You've already watched it? Oh no, they might have. Uh, I watched it like maybe a couple months ago. Oh, maybe, um, maybe I just missed it because I, I well, just they saw could. It. Man, they they did add, they they could have actually added a while back, pulled it off, and put it back on or something. I know like. Yeah. Netflix did something with moving some titles around the other day. It's like several people on my Facebook page were like, don't tell me you're going to release the movie today and not release it. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, what about that movie, The Outsider? Did you watch that? The Outsider. What was that one? Jared Leto, the Yakuza, post-World War II. No, I meant to. Wait, Jared Leto is in that? Okay, well, I'm definitely going to watch he it He is the outsider, dude, and he is uh, – I think they could even make a sequel out of it. I'm going to do a review on it on the podcast. He was on uh, – I did just watch a movie with him in it. Um, that movie that came out with Ryan Gosling, uh, it was the – oh, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah, dude, I was just thinking I never saw the original Blade Runner. Oh, you didn't? It good... Dude, it's like a cult classic. I, I own it, and I even, like, yeah. I, I, like, tried to watch it a couple of times and, like, fell asleep. And it's, okay, I yeah. get that way with movies sometimes. Like, it's not because the movie's not good. Like, yeah. I'll, like, start watching it and fall asleep because I'm exhausted from living a crazy, fast-paced life. Yeah. And um, then I just never get back to it. Yeah, it's uh-huh. it's real slow moving like in the beginning, and it's like uh, I think they classified as like a no was that nowhere no, noir. noir yeah 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 so you got to kind of like be into those but I watched them back to back I am though and, uh, the original Sin City oh yeah is one yeah. of my favorite film noirs that is a great example of a film noir yeah yeah uh, Frank Miller yeah and that uh, I didn't really like the prequel or prequel sequel both or whatever that came out A Dame to Kill for. Yeah. Did you watch that? No, I never did watch that one. No. Yeah. I would say Watchmen is pretty film noir as well. Yeah. 
I that was one of those ones I always meant to watch, but I never did either. Because I don't know. At first, like I wasn't real into noirs, but I think after Blade Runner, I'm kind of like, yeah, I get it. You got to watch it differently. I took know? an intro to film class um, when I was freshman, and yeah. it got me kind of. Um, interested in film noirs i actually wrote a paper which i won a free dvd for for being the best paper of that he's like you had to write like the assignments were write a paper on a genre write a paper on your favorite movie write a paper on your least favorite movie so like i was having to write like i want to say that and i wrote a paper on pulp fiction oh really that both got uh turned the and the professor was not easily to uh, impress i had him for also comp one and two and then intro to film and i tried to take him for creative writing while i was there but i wasn't able to and he retired what college did you go to tech you went to tech Uh okay my uh, undergrad and master's probably gonna get my phd from u of a sweet so um like I, I've been saying to a lot of people that I'm going to get my PhD, and they all think I'm crazy. Why? That's my dog. You hear him? Oh, it's all good. Cora must have been here to let him out. Um, well, it's funny to me. Like a lot of people that, um, not necessarily I surround myself with, but that know me, uh, they assume I can't take on any more responsibilities or something. You do have a lot of stuff going on. I would say, like to somebody that didn't know you, to that. that uh, it looks like you're really busy, but I am. But I still have chill time and downtime. It's just like I just choose to fill my time with like stuff like this. No, but I get that though because like passions. Uh, yeah, when like now that I've had this downtime, like you just feel so unproductive when yeah. you're, you're used to doing so much. stuff. Are you able to play the guitar with your wrist Finally, and finger the way it yes. is? Your ba- Are you just pretty much play bass? Yeah, I well I can I can play bass first. It was easier to play bass because uh, you know playing with the fingers and stuff, but using your wrist was a little harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I've got it down. To, I, I can pretty much do it. Yeah. Do it easily. Yeah. Um, ba- I started out on the bass when I was in eighth grade. Uh, and it was my first instrument. And actually, uh, my buddy Colby was over last night and, um, I've had that guitar right there since like ninth grade. Really? Yeah. Um, it's actually autographed by the singer of dashboard confessional. No, it's not. It is, dude. What? I'm going to show it to you. It's okay. not a big deal. I was an emo kid back then. He's like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> it's totally a big deal. Yeah, so uh, Dashboard came to tech. Um, I forget when it was. <laughs> when I was like 11th grade or something. But yeah, It's legit. Oh, yeah, dude. <clears throat> but yeah, that's... Um, I, I was like... I, I drove a... <clears throat> A 1989 uh, GMC Safari van. Nice. When I was in uh, second row captain's chairs, gold rims. I can see that. Uh, when I was in uh, high school and when they came to tech, for some reason, my cousin bought tickets for me. And I was able, uh, like you, when you, you had to turn your tickets in or whatever, but we, he bought four tickets and he was going to tech and being, uh, for engineering. And we bought the first four tickets. Really? So I have tickets one through four. Yeah. But uh, when I went, when we walked out, he was standing behind Tucker signing autographs. And yeah. I was just like, I have my guitar in my van. <laughs> so I just went and grabbed it and was like, hey, will you sign this? And he was like, yeah, nice guitar. That's so awesome. I've seen them in concert. Core and I saw him, and then I saw him once after that. They uh, Actually, their lead singer uh, is a super talented musician. A lot of people talk shit about that band. But um, yeah. I've I've been into him. It's uh, because they are uh, uh, Chris Crab is a little bit on the 
on the I wouldn't say whiny side of things, but it's they're kind of classified as an emo band. Yeah. He can I mean he 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 delves really deep and like emotional. What I yeah, I like but too, I like his storytelling. Like they had an album that came out, it was like a, a Mark Emission a brand of scar. And yeah. it's like a it's a concept story album, you know. And two, he ex- experiments with a lot of alternate tunings. I would put him in like classification like a Goo Goo Dolls. Yeah, yeah. But because uh, Johnny Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls does a lot of alternate tunings, and Chris Carabba plays in this tuning called All Out D yeah. or, or Open D. Open D. Yeah. D A D D D D. Yeah. Oh, that's not even the one that I was thinking of. You were thinking D A D G A D. Yeah, because I play in that sometimes. Dad, Dad. Yeah, so Dad, did Dad. Um, uh, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. You're right. Yeah. The plagiarizingest band I've ever <laughs> laid eyes on. Yeah, but that everybody sucks because yeah, I know. And I was like, dude, I, like as an adult, I've gotten super into Zeppelin. Like over the last two or three years, particularly. And you know who I'm not gotten into? Tony Robbins, because that dude is a plagiarizer. So like I built but you're, up. You're being a hypocrite. <laughs> I know, I know. And then I found out Zeppelin plagiarized 20 songs. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. But, you know, I have actually consumed some of Tony Robbins' stuff. I've never bought his books or anything, but, yeah. man, I just, like, it's super hard for me to get into him, even even if I don't d- hold the plagiarization against him, which um, is, is, I don't know. Like, that's that's been, like, my basis on, like, not wanting to get into him. But, dude, when I get into I don't know if you watch on Netflix that they put a documentary out about him called I Am Not Your Guru. Hmm, I didn't watch that one. He does this thing shows. about like, oh man, I'm trying to like explain how he does it without actually giving you the amount. Like, uh, but he'll like uh, he'll call and be like, "Hey, hey, you, yeah. you in the audience, you know, blah blah," or and then he'll start asking you questions in front of this large group of people that you cannot say no to. That's... And two, he like. Ex- exerts this authority over you by like swearing. Yeah, yeah, that's a little. You know, like I didn't enjoy that. Like but... it's weird how um, I'm gonna see if I can pull up a clip for the TV. Yeah. It'll come through our come through our headphones, but it won't record. Gotcha. Um, but like he even has a word for it. I'm gonna say Tony Robbins swearing and just see uh, what comes up on YouTube. Yeah, it's an actual. Um, <laughs> so he just tries to like he just tries to like plummet people in the. Submission, I guess. Well, it, he is doing it, uh, but he'll just like. Um... Okay, Tony Robbins, seven pre-event rituals exposed. <laughs> this is gonna be so good, dude! Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, um, cast it on up here. Play. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so like he does like. Like they they get they have all these people come out, dude. Like some of my friends have seen Tony Robbins like several times, and um, they were were they ever called out? Um, no, but okay. like Set they're just they back. just talk <laughs> about the um like the whole uh, experience of it. So like what they do is they bring these people out to get you like hyped up, and then Tony Robbins comes out and he's like. <gasps> Like, yeah, like this. This is him just coming out after they've hyped the crowd up with, like, kind of like, like praise and worship at church. Absolute peak state. <laughs> he does, dude. He creeps me out. He does. He creeps me out. 
So what does he technically do? What is, I mean, he's like I guess a motivational speaker. Yeah, see, like look I'm at always... look at this clapping he's doing. <laughs> Did you? Oh yeah. Like yeah, what yeah, is yeah. going on? Uh yeah. Dude, I've this is this stuff, is uh, uh this is cult leadership, yeah. and I'm never gonna like this guy is a, a is a cult leader. <laughs> Watch out! <laughs> oh, that's great. This guy's editing is awesome. I know. Dude, he, yeah, I'm always a little bit uh, like leery of motivational speakers. Even when I was in high school, I was super like, if one came, I'm like, I'm a, I'm barely gonna believe this guy anything. Here's my thing about this: is like, you see this room with ten thousand people in it or whatever, and I mean, there's no no doubt in my mind this guy's an influential person. Yeah, and that he does uh, deal in a lot of positivity and things like that, but. None of those people in that room are making a difference. Yeah. Like, you got to, like, and, and that's a generalization, but it's like, you got to tell me, like, I, I see there's a friend that, that trained with me um, years ago that moved to, like, Utah or somewhere, uh, somewhere up in that part of the United States, maybe Idaho, um, moved away. And he's always going to these conferences, like this Tony Robbins thing, and there's always, like, 10,000 people in the room. And I'm like, what makes you any different than the, uh, like, you, you need to stop telling me about all the conferences you're going to yeah. and start telling me why you're any different than everyone else in that room. Yeah. You know, and that's like, it's, I don't, I don't know. I never, um, I've seen some motivational talks and stuff and like, I'm always importing new ideas and processes and trying to learn and evolve, but I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like I. I have to go to a Tony Robbins seminar to grow my business or anything like that. What no, is he but doing? Yeah, that's strange. I don't see how that helps you with motivational speech. <laughs> but that, my, uh... my thing, like you were saying, your friend like goes to all of these different ones and stuff. That's like, that's weird to me because like, I feel like, like maybe it's just not working. You know what I mean? Like maybe you should just go to one and if you get something out of it, great. But like, just start doing well, something. Yeah. And I've it. done, so like every year, Okay, that is fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Again, so the name like... of this video is Tony Robbins' Seven Pre-Event Rituals Exposed. Hint, insane clapping ritual. <laughs> but uh, so another thing he does is get people to walk on coals. What? You heard about that? Yeah. No, oh, like at, at the th conferences? Yes. Takes a cold plunge. Yeah. That's uh. Well, there's actually a lot of benefit to the, what he's doing with that. Yeah, there's a lot of fighters that do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my god. Dude, uh, there's uh in choke. Hickson gets into like this iceberg water. <laughs> Who does? Hicks and Gracie. Oh, really? And uh, just like this dude's oh, doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that's it's really good for your body to have those shocks of cold. Oh, my goodness. Holy crap. Dude, what if he hit like an ice patch? Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, man. Well, too, you know, like anytime you get in water like that, how much, I think that was Johnny Hendricks, how much it takes like the it. Um, breath out of you. Yeah. <gasps> Like I had a guy, uh, one of my fighters cutting weight, and he only had to cut like three pounds for Golden Gloves, but I uh, could never cut any weight before. 
liquid supplements into his mouth. Probably doing CBD oil. Liquid ginseng. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, that would... Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I feel like if it was anything like illegal, no way they would have filmed it. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's jumping on a trampoline. I, th- I literally thought he was just jumping up and down. <laughs> this is fantastic, dude. What a weird cat. He's strange. But you know, if I was a, if I made my millions from plagiarizing other people's work, um, I would set up my life exactly like he is doing. Just be like, <laughs> I'm gonna do all this stuff, all this stuff. I, I mean, dude, it's what I'm doing right now. It's like I'm gonna podcast, and then I'm gonna go do this, and then yeah. I'm gonna go teach jujitsu, and then I'm gonna lecture a history class. It's doing everything. Hey, yeah. you're doing it. I am. Yeah. I mean, it's uh. But I still have to do a lot of stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. I don't know how much Tony Robbins probably has to do that he does not want to do anymore. I well, think that's. I feel like though you you'll get to that point though. Oh yeah. Success, you know, eventually you can kind of not do what you don't want to do. Oh my gosh! Look at this dude. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's breaking it down too much. Like he's yeah. just moving around. <laughs> he's assigning every. I feel like he just ran out. Well, of stuff I will to talk say this it. is um, Tony. Uh, a lot of the stuff he does is like getting you to do the same stuff. Really, he gets these people. Um, so it he gets is like them a there. Cult. Yeah, it, in a way, I, I do think that he he, in a sense, controls the the person that is there is impressionable. Yeah, and he takes hold of that. That's the people that go to those things. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I'm fascinated by it because. It's like it's not a religion, yeah. But in a way, he's preying on people that um, are either insecure or after something else. Like in the last podcast we just did today, we were talking about um, being in the moment. Conor McGregor, dude, this dude's—I bet this dude's got tons of views. Forty-five thousand views. I need to get forty-five thousand views. Yeah, you need to get that. This podcast. He's talking about uh, Conor McGregor's strut. Oh yeah, the yeah. million, the billion dollar, uh, billion dollar strut or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets these people to go in and like sing and dance and get this crowd po- uh, pumped up before dude. That clapping is just so great, yeah. so great. Uh, you know, he was the keynote speaker at this conference I go to every year in Vegas, but I did not go to the one that he was keynote at. Because of that? No, it was before I started going. It was like the year before I started going. Gotcha. But uh, man, yeah, that's a little uh, it's a little interesting. Why are, why is that guy so excited? Why are the I mean, this looks like a I mean, for lack of a better term, it looks like we are like they're inside of a super church. Yeah. Like, is is that Benny Hinn up there? Leading, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. See, I just feel like that's so uh that's so unhealthy though. Like just that much uh that much attention like on yourself. Yeah. Like I, I mean, know. how could super... you not be I wonder what what kind of an egomaniac he is. Probably huge. Like Tony's clapping ritual. Humble beginnings. <laughs> yeah, I mean dude, it's have you ever seen Nutty Professor? 
Yeah, yeah. Hercules, Hercules, <laughs> yeah, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Dude, he's going crazy with those Hercules hands, man. Look at that, dude. I, I don't know. Maybe he's just so happy it makes me sick. I don't yeah, know. Maybe we're, maybe, just, we're just pessimistic. It's man. I don't know. It just it seems all faked. See, I'm really good at this though, and I feel like you probably are too because we're similar in some of that. Like being able to detect fake people. Yeah, I, I am. I don't do uh, fake people. Multiple people that know me have said, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but has said that um, I'm hypersensitive to people's energy. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, you know Bob. Uh, Big Bob, Bob. Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and him have both talked about this at length before. Um, about how we both are kind of like that. It's like a personality style. I forgot what the name of it is, but it's like um, whatever you're around, you tend to uh, emulate that. So if you walk into a room, you can kind of like, like me and him are both like this. If we walk into a room, you don't even have, nobody has to say anything, but you can feel the energy in the room. Like you're just like, okay, something's off. Like there's some, something's like real negative in here or everybody's like, it's positive, you know. You can usually walk into a room and feel it out. Man, like I notice it at the gym so much. I'm sure you do at the gym. Yeah, but um, that's too like uh, that's like one thing I really the like the older I get uh, at the gym, which I'm only going to be like 31, but I've been doing this like my entire adult life. Right. So, but the older I get, just like the more, uh, it's like, almost like I feel like I get a little more hypersensitive to things and, and it's, uh, it's figuring out how to control it is, is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's hard sometimes. Like you walk into, walk into a room and like everybody's in such a bad mood, especially if you're in the gym and you've got a lesson to do and it's like, you gotta, you can't like let that affect you. you have to well, like, and you, yeah, if you're, let's say you're, you're in a bad mood or you're tired or whatever, you still got to teach awesome classes. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, dude, this morning when I went to, um, like a, I thought my boss was going to be, which like, uh, it's funny to say I have a boss cause I don't, uh, have a boss except for at the university. Yeah. And, um, but she's like, Oh, I'm going to come in and listen to you lecture, you know, and get a little evaluation on you. And I was just like, Okay, you know, we'll see you then. <laughs> so I went like over the top and like stayed up really late, like working on my lecture. Like uh, first, like I hung out with my buddy Colby after class, but I stayed up really late working on my lecture. And like I even did a PowerPoint. I never do PowerPoints. Nice. By the way, if you're a teacher and you read your PowerPoints to your students, your students are not listening to you. They're copying the PowerPoint word Accurate. for word. That was uh, so stop doing that. Idiots. Uh, but, um, so I made a PowerPoint with three pictures and some key terms, nice. <laughs> four total slides, five, <laughs> if you count the one that said what, chap you stayed what up all chapter and unit. Slides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, but then just getting, so like, uh, I took this class on a nine day notice. So I've had to like literally write my lectures as I'm in some cases, even learning the material because, That's uh, crazy. I am no expert in the Renaissance I got super deep into the Reformation. Uh, I really loathed going through most of the scientific revolution. The early philosophy stuff was good. Now I'm on the Enlightenment and French Revolution, which I've had a whole classes on. Really? So I feel super solid in that. Like we gave a uh, Enlightenment lecture on the Philosophes this morning, Voltaire and uh, Diderot and Montesquieu yeah. and Rousseau, uh, Adam Smith. Uh, so you and, have like good others. students, like students that actually want to like learn about history or just kind of a good mix or the opposite. 
I probably have. The, the class started with 32 people. Two have been dropped. Uh, I have the power. Yeah. Okay. And by the power, I mean, if you have missed more than five days and you fall below an F, I can kick you out of the class. Right. Did you kick the two students out? I, I mean, they expect me to do it. So two students I did drop, but they hadn't like one, like one of them missed like eighteen days. Oh, like they ca- they came like four times. Yeah. One one missed like nine days in a row, you know, uh, and like didn't come, and then came some, and then didn't come, and was hit or miss, and then didn't come for like a month. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, uh, and then too, um, it's crazy, man. Did you take any college classes in high school? Yeah, uh, like I had I took college level, but it wasn't at a college. It was, yeah, it was at the high school still. Dude, I got a high school kid in my class, and he he has the worst grade in the class, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it's because he never comes. And my boss has um, been like, yeah, as soon as he gets like the stip is, you have to have an F. Yeah, and if missed more, she's like, if he falls below an F, you'd get that form over to registrar. And oh, yeah. I was just like, all I got to do because, is have a couple surprise. Well, I mean, yeah, quizzes. like he sh- he didn't show up to all these classes and hadn't turned his homework in for the first exam and like showed up to take the exam. And I'm like, What's who doing? are you? Yeah, you know. And I'm like, you're gonna bomb this test and make me look bad. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, all because you're a professor, and yeah. that, that really makes you look bad. Yeah, I was like, all because you didn't want to come to class, and I like, like contacted his counselor, yeah. and I mean, I was like t- taken aback and kind of offended by all of it because I'm like, dude, I would have given anything. Like it, I took pre, like I took pre AP English, but then I dropped out of it because it was hard. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of enjoyable, but I was like, no, I don't want to get a C in pre AP. I want to get an A in regular English. Yeah. So I did that. So I took like all the, I took like AP English classes. So like once you go through um, like pre AP or AP, like you get right into, um, right into that college credit course. Yeah. Like if you're on that pre AP track and um, I don't know, man, I was just like, dude, why are like you're, it, when I was in high school, you had to be top of your class. Like everybody that was like valedictorian and stuff, yeah. they were the ones taking the college classes. And this kid, oh, they were in my classes, like, but I was not them. When I talked to him, I'm like, dude, you know, like, what's going on, man? You, yeah, why didn't you come to class? You know, you, blah, blah blah. He's like, well, you know, I can't probably can't talk about some of this stuff because um, of You're title a Title Nine. But uh, it's like, long story short, I was going to say where he worked. But um, <laughs> Please don't. but long story short, he's like, oh, this job I have. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I worked 40 hours a week in high school. I get up at 4.30 every morning. Yeah. I've already taught jujitsu today and like woke up early, wrote some notes, got here 30 minutes early, driving from Russellville. And you want to talk to me about your BS job? <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm just like no, dude. Like I'm. Please contact- tell me you actually said this though. This wasn't your head, right? Um, you did partially. I did, man. Um, because uh, that too. I ripped. I ripped those kids yeah. uh, at the beginning of the lecture. Like I mean, I start doing it kind of jokingly, just to kind of ease in there, and then I'm just like. So after the last test, I had to grade on a curve. Because so many people didn't. I mean, and like I say, so many like eight people didn't come to the test review. Right. Here's how the test review goes. Which one of the following people was not an Enlightenment era philosoph? 
Voltaire, Diderot, Montesquieu, Louis the Fourteenth. The answer is D. Louis the Fourteenth was not an Enlightenment era philosoph. I mean, like it is literally yeah. that. Like I tell them. And I told him from day one, and I send out an email to the entire class and post a whiteboard announcement saying that I'm going to give a test review in which I'm going to read the test word for word and give them the answers. And they didn't show up. And that many people don't show up, dude. It's baffling. That's crazy. I would totally would have showed These up. These are the that. main things that uh, kind of bother me, but they, again, they don't bother me. Like one of my mentors was like, dude, focus on the people at the top, try and bring the ones at the middle up. The ones at the that. bottom are probably going to stay there. Yeah. You know? You have a good mentor. Yeah. Well, he is, man. Jeff Woods. Gotcha. Appreciate you. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, really, he is. Um, he's actually a brown belt in jiu-jitsu also. Oh, but um, when I started off at Tech, um, I took a uh, – I wanted to do a documentary over my grandpa, who was a World War II vet. He was in Normandy at Utah Beach. And um, – he had a son that was killed in Vietnam. Really? Yeah. So I knew that he did this thing with this stuff at the time. It's called Arkansas Digital History Institute. I wanted to do a documentary about my grandpa. Contacted him. I contacted him, and he's like, yeah, you know, we can do something. I'm in Vietnam right now. But and I was just like, oh, this dude's serious. And so then I end up kind of hooking up with him in his office, doing this documentary. Then he becomes department head. At that time, I asked for a job at um, the history department. Yeah. Little do I know, he's the department head. He, and like all the dots is connected. He's like, yeah, we're hiring that dude. So I start working the history department. And then while he's still department head, I started working, splitting my time between there and the dean's office, and then just went full-time dean's office, working on some different projects and programs and stuff they had going. But uh, then he became the dean. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So he is a super enlightened guy. It's uh it's remarkable. Um I I, I text him uh from time, uh, really quite often about uh history and whatnot. I was joking recently and uh, joking with him because I text him. There's this guy that did a there's a Netflix special out about him called uh Get Me Roger Stone. Okay. This guy that's just um He's been around D.C. since, like, Watergate, right? Yeah. And um, I want to say you just have to watch. Like, I forget all of his story, but he um, worked even uh, – he worked for the Nixon administration, uh, and Ooh. he has uh, commentated on all of these things that have happened since JFK. Yeah. And because he was in sort of the industry, uh, you could say he's um, he's written all these books. Yeah. And um, these books have been his his way of making a living. He's made a living in other ways too, but the books are very um, very out there. Like really? I got down a rabbit hole on one of these books on a Sunday for six hours six hours yeah That's a dude long time I, well i was in an lbj rabbit hole bro and everything <laughs> was starting to look the same i'd been listening to the lbj tapes and reading and watching american <laughs> experience documentaries and previously the night before that lbj rabbit hole took me down to rfk rabbit hole robert uh, f kennedy who was uh, assassinated in 1968 and uh so the roger stone wrote this book basically theorizing that 
LBJ killed John F. Kennedy. What? Had him killed. It's unknowable. But there's, he he does, I mean, it's unknowable. What about the whole CIA thing? LBJ being implicated in the death of John F. Kennedy, as I understand it, is unknowable. Yeah. Based off my research. and But but there are some connections there, which I'm more than willing to talk about. But um, <laughs> I am do I'm working on a big series. My first batch of history podcast is going to be on 1968. That's why I've been doing all this yeah, research. Yeah, you me about that, yeah. But uh, so I text Woods, and I'm like, dude, what do you know about this guy who owned the book suppository? The, bo- the book suppository. Suppository? The, <laughs> yeah, the book suppository where they stuck it up. Uh, what's his name? But uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. So the guy that owned the uh, depository in Texas was uh, is linked to LBJ. Really? And that is... Like uh, just friends with him? Um, I want to say that uh, he had supported LBJ in his um, candidacy in Texas. Oh, okay. I can't remember the exact connection, but it was like, it was pretty, um, it's like, whoa. And then um, there, there still are some things that like LBJ's attorney was defending this guy that had um, been arrested that that was all kind of caught up. Uh, He was put on trial for um, murder, and they found out that he was working for the CIA, and they kind of like he got a – they just let him off. Like, uh, you know, there's also – he he went into like – Lee Harvey Oswald was arrested at one point, and they turned him loose because someone just called and said turn him loose. Hmm. But the, the thing is, is all of it is. Uh, so Roger Stone makes a lot of these things and um, says things that are, that are that are unverifiable. He says so many unverifiable things that it calls into question the verifiability of the entire thesis of the book, which is that LBJ had the biggest guiding hand in the assassination of John F. Kennedy, yeah. whether it was through the CIA or whatever. I think his uh, strategy there was like, I'm going to throw as many like of these conjectures as I can. And then, you know, well, the woods, what he said is he was like, um, you know, you run into this, like a lot of these people that kind of have like made a career out of working in DC, uh, that have never really been on the inside of administration claim to have this special knowledge. Yeah. And then he goes, they don't. (laughs) <laughs> I was they just like, he's like, yeah, they claim to have this like secret information. And then he was like, dude, they you... were always the losers of Washington. <laughs> exactly. I mean, really, you know, and he's like, hey, you know, some people have a really hard time. And he's like, and this is how this is how the group of people that he makes the money off of. Some people have a really hard time accepting the unknowable. And yeah. I was like, well, shit, that's what this texting conversation is about right now. <laughs> And then the next day I saw him and I was like, hey, man, sorry for texting you on a Sunday and asking you if LBJ killed JFK. Because, <laughs> like, dude, it's like, I mean, literally, I was just, I was down the rabbit hole and I'm, I'm making all these connections and looking up all these names I've never heard of. And I'm like, like, literally, like, if I would have had, like, an area to start putting stuff up on the wall, <laughs> been like, string to this guy. Oh, that's great. You know, and, uh, and then he's just like, in hindsight, it was kind of, it was kind of funny, but. There are just so many unknowable aspects of the JFK assassination, and the consensus is uh, that, sadly, when it all comes back to it, it's like you, you really the only thing you can say is what 
history says yeah is that lee harvey oswald probably did it more than likely and whether you believe he acted alone or not you can't prove it yeah here's another thing um there was a guy that was arrested at the jfk assassination named um uh, e, uh, e howard hunt i've heard the name let me um let me look this up real quick. Probably just from conspiracy stuff. <laughs> e. Howard Hunt. I don't remember where I was hearing this. Uh, maybe it was on Joe Rogan. Everett Howard Hunt Jr., better known as E. Howard Hunt, was an American intelligence officer and published a, uh, published author of 73 books. Hmm. What was he arrested for? The fact that he was in the CIA is... Uh, uh, well, I don't... I, actually, before I say he's in the CIA, I better... Um, well, they just started rounding people up. So this this is possibly one of those guys that like claimed to have all this inside knowledge and made a lot of money claiming that. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, from forty nine to seventy, Hunt served as an officer in the CIA. Yeah, okay, along so with uh, G. Gordon Liddy and others. Hunt was on the Nixon administration plumbers, a team of operatives charged with identifying government sources of national security information leaks to the outside parties. Uh, Hunt and Liddy plotted the Watergate burglaries and other clandestine operations for the Nixon administration in the ensuing Watergate scandal. Hunt was convicted of burglarly, I never can say that word, conspiracy and wiretapping, uh, eventually serving 33 months in prison. E. Howard Hunt was arrested the day that JFK was assassinated in Dallas, like three blocks from where it happened near the grassy knoll. And they let him go. What was, um, what was he arrested for, though? So a lot of people look at that um, th- uh, because uh, they said there were these tramps on this train, uh, and but the, they weren't. They were wearing suits, <laughs> but <laughs> but they ride them up as tramps. So this was a this was a story that uh, I was able to verify, but like nothing really after that. Um, let's see, Hunt's White House duties included assassinated related disinformation. In September 71, Hunt forged and offered to a Life magazine reporter two top-secret U.S. State Department cables designed to prove that President Kennedy had personally and specifically ordered the assassination of GM um, in uh, South Vietnam. That was like basically our puppet uh, president over there. Yeah. Hunt told the Senate Watergate Committee in 73 that he fabricated the cables to show a link between Kennedy and ZM, a Catholic, uh, to estranged Catholic voters from the Democratic Party. So see, this major discrediting of himself there. Yeah. Um, but undoubtedly he was, um, I'm trying to find where he was arrested the day of, uh, okay, JFK conspiracy allegations. Hunt supported the Warren Commission's conclusion that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in the assassination. Um, okay. The Dallas Morning News and the Dallas Times Herald and the Fort Worth Star photographed three transients under police escort near, uh, the Texas school book depository, not the, not the pill that you put in your butt. (laughs) Shortly after the assassination of Kennedy, the men later became known as the three tramps. According to uh, allegations that these men were involved in a conspiracy originated from the certain theorist who can, uh, compiled photographs in 66 and 67, subsequently turned them over to Jim Garrison during uh, his investigation of Clay Shaw. I don't even know who those people are. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> uh, appearing before a nationwide audience December 31st, 68. That's, 
that's a pivotal uh, time. So, um, 68, that's the very end of the year. So, um, LBJ is already not re-ran for president. Uh, and there's riots at Democratic National Convention. Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy Jr. have been assassinated in the previous six months. Yeah. Um, he held up a photo of the suggested three uh, writer uh, and suggested later they were involved in assassination. So... These three, these three people were arrested that, like, they don't really know what they were doing there, and they were Central Intelligence Agency officers. E. Howard Hunt's one of them, and he was also arrested in the Watergate burglary. So that's, that's where the whole CIA conspiracy comes in. Well, it I gets guess. this, too, so I just found this out. The plumbers, or the, the people that broke in in the Watergate scandal. Yeah. Four of the seven were Cuban veterans. Really? From the Bay of Pigs invasion. Yeah. Okay, so those people were very upset that Kennedy did not send air support. You really think it could all boil down to that? I mean, uh, I, mean, I, mean I, I don't. Maybe. I, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't really know. But that's where people. That's and... where people are trying to say. And like, so apparently, and like Joey Diaz said this. So he's a Cuban. Uh, he's a Cuban American yeah. immigrant. His mom's, uh, and they just hated Fidel back then. Every every Cuban that was in America apparently hated Fidel. Like, would beat your ass if you were a sympathizer. Yeah. But um, he was talking about. Um, He's talking about a lot of this and uh, talking about uh, there's a he was just on Joe Rogan with a guy na uh, named TJ English, maybe. Yeah. But this guy wrote a book called The Westies. And they were talking about all this and um, they're just kind of kind of drawing some loose connections. But definitely the connections are there that that go um, like they, they said they would keep using these Cuban veterans from the Bay of Pigs invasion. And would just be like, hey, just do this for us. Just break in, just break in to this headquarters, and then we're going to go get Fidel. You know, it's so like everything was, hey, I mean, the CIA had over, I want to say 692, like over 600 attempts on Fidel Castro's life. Really? He yeah. was that good? <laughs> the, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, but too, like the, 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 the things went everywhere from like an exploding cigar to like, uh, is like, that why he quit smoking? I maybe dude, he literally did. Like he was a crazy chain smoker of cigars. And then all of a sudden he just quit smoking like somewhere in the sixties. Yeah. I learned that, um, in my espionage class. There's yeah. an espionage class. Oh yeah. And it was great. It was taught by that guy. I was just mentioning Jeff Woods. Gotcha. Dr. Jeff Woods respectively espionage class that's amazing yeah the history of espionage dude it was crazy i talked about the book on one of the podcasts the other day the textbook we used for the course is called history uh, i'm sorry century of spies so century of spies century of spies really cool stuff um really cool. yeah but uh man that's what it kind of sucks i keep getting like pulled off track on these 68 podcasts i'm trying i've gotten tons of notes put together and i'm doing like episodes on all these key players like i'm not even really dealing with kennedy man but i keep getting so sidetracked because lbj oh. rose to prominence because L because jfk was assassinated and fell out of prominence um for multiple reasons vietnam but 
all of his issues and him not running for president led to, led to the election of uh, Nixon, which is one of the most corrupt uh, administrations to take the White House that right. we know about. That we know about. So, I mean, so um, Nixon's, Nixon's first VP, um, he had to resign. So when Nixon resigned, his VP um, is the only VP to take the White House that wasn't an elected vice president. That is a little shady. I've always thought that. Always yeah. Always a little interesting. Yeah, so Gerald Ford, um, I always get, if it was Ford or Carter, confused, but... Um, First, it was Spiro Agnew in 69 to 73, and then when um, Nixon uh, gets reelected, um, or rather, no, he doesn't get reelected, does he? I can't remember. I kind of fall out of interest. Because um, we leave Vietnam in 75. I'm all hazy on all this. I haven't. Uh, man, I just really am looking forward to teaching uh, U.S. History 2. Yeah. You're going to get that's, into that whole Yeah, area. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I thought that was the class I was teaching. I was preparing to teach that class, and they swapped it around on me, like nine days notice style. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway. So enough of this boring boring history, dude. I mean, yeah, who cool. cares about who killed John F. Kennedy? <laughs> a lot, is that of, hard a lot of people, is actually. That, is that hard for you to say out loud? <laughs> Yeah, like, no, but I mean, dude, so many books have been written on that topic. Yeah. It's insane. Um, you ever watch uh, X-Files? X-Files? Uh, just a little bit. Not not like oh, enough to be. so good. Didn't they just bring it back? They no. did, twice. They brought it back twice. Um, they just brought back that other sitcom, too, that everybody's talking about. Was oh, that? Uh, uh, Fuller House? No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, I started watching that. I'm like, no, not nah, the same. No, not I can't same. do it. But do you know that one sister had all these problems with drugs? Like crazy problems with drugs. What are you talking about? Um, talking about like... Stephanie. Nash? Oh. oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know the she did. The middle sister. Yeah. Not Kirk Cameron's sister and not the Olsen twins, which yeah. one of them has a crazy eating disorder, apparently. Dude, they look... Have you seen them? Uh, yeah. They look weird. See, um, their little little sister, um, a lot of people think looks like Cora, and actually their little sister trains with a guy in California. Has done a seminar at my gym. Does jujitsu with him. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, the that, gym's uh, in Hollywood, so it makes six sense. Six degrees of separation stuff. I know, dude. That's um, that's another crazy thing. Is like we're going to see a perfect circle in May. Yeah. And a buddy of mine, he doesn't like. He's not like friends with Maynard, but like knows like. Him and Maynard know a lot of the same people. Yeah. Like, he's friends with Maynard's uh, security manager and uh, just different different things like that. So, um, it is, it's definitely a small world. Yeah, for sure. You know, like, I've always wanted to uh, go to a Hickson seminar or whatever. But it's like, really, one of my friends does private lessons with Hickson Gracie. It's Are like, you you know, Jack Toffer, who just did a seminar at school, does private lessons with Hickson. Like regularly? He just did, yeah. I mean, whenever, whenever he he gets in, but he's done. He's done three with him in the last six months, as far as I know. At least two. The last one, check this out. Yeah. You know who Scott Kahn is? Uh, I don't think so. Who's Scott Kahn. You ever see the movie Varsity Blues? It's my favorite one to Maybe. reference. Or the TV show Hawaii Five O. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, that yeah. guy. He's also in the Ocean's Eleven movies. 
Scott Kahn. I'm going to show you a picture right now. Oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, dude. He's hilarious. About, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. His dad is what's his name, Con, that's in the elf. This guy. His dad is the. You're right. Yes. Oh, oh my mind's yes. Blown. yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my mind's blown. Uh, he's one of my the, favorite actors, actually. Yeah, he's. Totally dude, I love him in the Oceans movies. Scott Con, dad. He does so good. Uh, what is his name? James Con. That's what I was going to say. Uh, so, yeah. Dude, he's a master. Right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Scott Kahn is a black belt in jiu-jitsu, bro. And Scott Kahn and Jack Tofford just did a private lesson with Hickson. It's Jack's Facebook profile. I'll show you how short Scott Kahn is. He's like 5'6 or something. That's or so like 5'4 maybe. He is really short. Uh, but, yeah, I was like, dude, Jack, what are you telling me, man? Like, my Scott Kahn's like 5'9. Yeah. You know, yeah, don't take that from me. But he's really like, dude. How do they do that though? Like in Hawaii Five O, like uh, I know, right? You know what's his name? The other guy. He's dude. He's pretty short. Yeah, he yeah. is. Because uh, Hickson's not that tall, is he? He's no, pretty short too. But Hickson's got uh, got some height on him. Plus, he's got this little flicky thing going on in the front. One of those uh, Hollywood yeah. Hollywood hairstyles. It's to make him look taller. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. He looks like he's more cut there than. He does show. look lean. He does look real lean. Yeah. Said it. it looks like you're wearing a show your old gi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making fun of you, Scott Con. If you're listening, I watch like Scott Con's like be cool. To Scott Con was listening. Matter yeah. of fact, um, you know how cool that would be. Dude, that'd be legit. Well, I'm. I thought about asking Jack if I could do a podcast with both of them, or one. Uh, like I can do a podcast with Jack probably anytime. I'm about to start doing some phone podcast or uh when i get uh, the supercomputer built i'm gonna do like some skype stuff that'd be cool so i'm just man versus going like the hardware i'd want to get uh to do that broadcast is very expensive and it's so expensive that i could build the computer to do what i want and run the software i want and do the same well do exact it. thing man yeah plus tricaster kind of freaks me out there's a lot of buttons like you have to have as far as i know i probably could not I don't know if I could run the podcast and uh, do it on the fly. Yeah. But there are softwares out there that I can do that with. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Um, so, why why we this motorcycle crash, dude? Like, you got any trauma from that? No, I mean, not really. I mean, I'm, I've got somebody else's bone in me now. That's a little weird. That and steel plate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is. Uh, it is wild. It, what uh, what went through your mind when you saw that you're about to go down? Oh man, uh, like not much. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was just driving, and then uh, you know, I saw the car pull out, and I just, I knew there was there was no, I had no time to brake, I had no time to do anything. I just like knew. I guess it shot through my mind. I'm like, yep, I'm about to crash. You know, and I hope this turns out okay. <laughs> That was that was about it. And I was just like, I just remember I was like, oh crap. And then they you pulled out, and then it's weird. It's like uh, everything went black and was spinning. And then like when I finally was able to open my eyes, I was like two feet away from oncoming traffic in oh, the middle man. of the road. Which you don't have to wear a helmet in the state of Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. You but don't. did you have a helmet on? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I had a. Uh, I had my really crappy half helmet on, and somehow in the flipping over the car, I lost it. But uh, yeah, I, I did, did have. Did you have any like leather or anything? No, no. I was just just jeans and a shirt, and that was it. And uh, they ended up they had to cut all my clothes off me because I couldn't I couldn't move 
really to get everything off. It was really bad. Hope it wasn't like your favorite pair of jeans. It was. It was like a brand Damn. new pair. I bought it like two days before. <laughs> I was like, no. Um, yeah. So you just got hit by some like an elderly couple or something. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I I still kind of swear that it was the woman uh, that hit me, but they told me later, like in the police report, that the guy was the one that hit me, and I'm like, uh, the guy. Because I, I remember I, now everything's kind of fuzzy because I was I was hit re- pretty hard and I mean it hurt it's a like lot. Like thirty five miles an hour. So. It was thirty five. Yeah, I was going thirty five to instant stop. Like there was no braking. You know, it was thirty five hit. So, um, but I remember looking back and I remember a woman getting to me first and the way that I had hit the car, the driver's side was facing towards me, and uh, like I swear that she got out of the driver's seat. And she was the one that was trying to come up to me. Mm-hmm. And he wa- wasn't at all. He was over there complaining. He was like, oh, yeah, I think I have a I have a headache, a concussion or something. And he didn't. He was totally fine, by the way. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I swear it was her. But they said on the report that it was him and he was supposed to be wearing glasses. I think that he just took the fall for it, which is fine. I mean, I don't, I don't really care, I guess. That's fine if you want to do that. You but I still, alive. yeah, I'm still good. And it actually turned out. I mean, it turned out great. Um, you know, I'm not hurting financially now, so it's. And you got a thousand more dollars you pay for your motorcycle. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they didn't have like the greatest insurance. So I think your, <laughs> no. si- your sister told me y'all uh, just like work something out of the hospital on that or something. Which yeah, is luckily. Typically, actually, the way to go from what I hear. For anybody listening, don't ever just pay your b- hospital bill. Go and you know I, we didn't have to do hardly anything. All we went in is uh, me and my dad both went in ready to argue. You know, we're like, all right, here we go, you know, to try to get the bill down. And we're like, yeah, you know, I don't have insurance, you know, health insurance. And, you know, I was looking to see if I could get a discount. She's like, oh, yeah, sure, uh, uninsured discount. We'll bring that down $60,000 for you. And I was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, dude, I know. I remember when you told me that at the coffee house and you're sitting there like rookie of the year in the chair. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, I was just like, damn. It's crazy because I st- I, d- I didn't think that that could be a thing. I didn't Just think asked. that's like that's because it's it's law since yeah. like nineteen seventy something in Arkansas to have liability insurance. Yeah, and even if you have super crappy liability insurance, somebody almost kills you. Yeah, you should not be out of pocket at all, especially if it was ruled their well, fault. Well, now see, I did I did have insurance like on my bike. I had yes, insurance. Yeah. yes, health insurance I didn't have. Yes, but, 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 um, yeah, but I mean, I would think that like uh, their auto insurance should cover yeah. your health costs. Oh, yeah, it should. But the minimum, uh, health insurance in Arkansas is, uh, 25,000. So that's all that they paid for was the $25,000. And then it cuts there. And I think like the insurance company raises their rates after something like that. But, you know, but I had uninsured motors on mine. So it was another 25. So ended up taking care of everything. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, f- so fortunate, man. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm a pretty minimal risk taker because yeah. um, I, I was I, I really I thought really seriously about getting a motorcycle after high school, and me, my dad and I almost kind of fist fight over it because he didn't want me to. And uh, like, so I didn't tell my dad till after. 
Yeah. He 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 did not want me to at all and I was still living with my parents at the time. He was being kind of kind of a dick about it and he was like, Oh yeah, you want to throw you out if you get one, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Brian's dad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, thank you in hindsight, 'cause uh I I I don't regret um not getting one now. I'm not saying that he wasn't my sole motivating factor in uh in choosing that, but it's uh, I know you probably heard this since you had your wreck or maybe even before, but everybody always says this, and I totally agree with it. The if when, yeah, it's not a matter of if you lay that thing over, it's when you lay it over, yeah, which sucks because dude, I mean like too, you did the totally right thing, you bought a cruiser, yeah. I would get I, like back then I was I wanted one ring ring I want one of those those uh, Ross burners that's yeah. what my yeah. that's what my dad would call them and stuff but uh, I wanted a crotch rocket you know yeah. and um, they're I just, just wanted they're to asking, be cool they're asking for you to have a wreck the guy that came in right before me in the hospital uh, he had one and he had been going 100 miles an hour to a straight stop he ended up dying that night. They said, they were like, man, it's been a night for motorcycles when I came in, and I'm all, like, in pain and stuff. And they're just like, seriously, bro, they're like, you're you're super lucky. The last guy that came in was like, he, you couldn't hardly tell he was human. He was just a bloody mess. They, he was barely hanging on, and then Hopefully your wife night. wasn't there while they were telling you that. Oh, she came in, and she heard about it somehow, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. But my wife, see, my wife's great. And my mom's great, too. I will give both of them. I was pretty surprised afterwards because I was actually talking to my mom, and I thought for sure she's going to be like, please never get on one again. And I was like, Mom, look, like, I am going to get another one, and I just want you to know. I was like, but the thing is, like, I don't want to I don't want to live in fear over anything. Yeah, and I do. I have to conquer that. Like, I, I, I don't, like, but, like, like, certain things, like, I would never go bungee jumping. Okay, so that's different. Okay, I think... I think it's like everybody has a different, like, there's a point to where I think is unnecessary, stupid risk, and skydiving and bungee jumping is that for me. Like, I have no desire to do it. Uh, like, I don't. I don't want to jump out of a plane. But, like, with the motorcycle, it's like, I want to ride again, but I don't want to keep myself in fear to the point to where I don't do something I want to do because I'm afraid of it. I've got to conquer yeah. that. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, that's, I mean, that's logical. Yeah. Uh, certainly. But I will, I will have now uh, so much extra like layer of caution. Like now, even driving, it's just like I am so much more. See, that's what I wondered about you. Um, like Cora has a little bit of like um, rider and driver trauma from uh, being in a wreck. Okay, I do. Um, I wouldn't say. I don't know if I'd go as far to say trauma. Um, riding with certain people, uh, I have noticed like some of my best buds that have never been in accidents before. Um, I've noticed that people that have been in accidents versus who haven't, um, out of my friend groups, they drive completely different, and it, it does make me nervous. There's one guy who's, like, right after the accident, he's, like, following right behind somebody. I literally made him stop because I'm like, look, you're you're about to give me a panic attack because I, I've had a history of panic attacks, and I was like, he, he did make me way too sucks that you work in the coffee business, bro. Yeah. See, that's like a trigger for a lot of people. It's caffeine that have uh, panic attacks, anxiety and stuff. Unfortunately, it, it, dude, it is it, for me too. It's crazy um, it, the awareness that um, I've, I've increased about like panic and anxiety. I don't really suffer from it, man. Yeah. But like, uh, you, you, I know you listen a little bit of Joe Rogan, but you ever heard of Joey Diaz talk about having panic attacks and stuff? Like one time he was having one before he was about to go on stage 
bondage and he's like over there talking to the wall trying to talk himself out of it <laughs> somebody comes over and is like hey joey you know you all right and he's like can't you tell i'm talking to the effing wall you know and he's just like of course i'm not all right and he ends up like getting like getting there like he's like oh you got to get somebody else to go out in front of me you know and like they're just trying to like oh what's going on joey and then he just goes out there and kills it Really? Yeah, ends up just being like, screw all you, goes out there and kills it, like, right on the bu- border of a panic attack, man. But, um, like, uh, I've felt the heart of someone that was having a panic attack, and it's truly freaky, man. I've had several, um, now, being in the hospital, I've had several really bad panic attacks. Um, and it's weird, because, like, it's not... I'm not a real anxious person. Like, I'm not super... It's crazy how physiological it is. Like, how yeah. your body, like, I mean, sweats, uh, yeah. hot and cold. Yeah. I've, I had... See, I was actually... I literally had a doctor's appointment scheduled to take a look at my heart in, like, x-rays and stuff um, right the week before my wreck. Um, and I hadn't gone in yet. And then I had the wreck and ended up getting there. And I had a... I remember... I was on the ground and I was afraid that I was going to have a panic attack. And like the first responders got there and I'm just like, I'm just like, like, You're like, calm shot, me down. Dude. I'm like, calm me down. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I have panic attacks. I'm like, just calm me down. And like, I had people around me and stuff trying to get me to stay chill. And then, um, when I was in the hospital, they were giving me these breathing treatments. And at first I thought it was helping because I kept having like many ones simulates. Yeah. But, uh, it didn't. They actually, like my uh, probably third breathing treatment, it triggered one. Uh, but I also think it was partially the nurse. Sorry if you're listening. But she uh, she was like, man, your heartbeat's like way up. And she kept yeah, talking about it. Yeah, you probably get, yeah, you get sent to simulating a similar experience of like a hyperventilation or something. I can totally yeah. see that. Yeah, and she just kept talking about it. And I was like, I was just like, well, is there something wrong? She was like, oh, no, you're probably fine. And then she left and like, uh, it was like literally two minutes after I like start like I went into like not cardiac arrest but felt like it. I, I was just I couldn't control myself. I was like Dude, that's spinning the cra- out. That's the crazy thing is like anytime like you know it's like sometimes um, I don't know how people with anxiety deal with this, but like every now and then I'll stand up and like get super like warm. Like, Feel you like stand your heart up, skips like, a beat. You stand up too like too fast or yeah. you know whatever. You've been doing drugs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you stand up and you get lightheaded and it's yeah. like wow you just like the room is kind of spinning i'm just like oh i'm gonna be okay whatever yeah. like it never freaks me out i never get freaked out by it that's and a- it happens periodically and it's like people i've heard people say oh you all stood up too fast or whatever and like you get like a rush of uh blood going from like your upper i don't know i don't i'm not a scientist okay yeah. but i'm like well maybe that but like when I hear people talk about panic attacks, they talk about similar situations and then like, they can't rationalize that they're going to be okay. It's yeah. Like a, they can't. That's the bad like, ones. Yeah. Like, like they, Oh, my heart rate's a little jacked right now. Um, it's probably just because I ate that, ate that edible cannabis or whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and it caused your heart rate to increase. I'll be okay. See, like, that's what you have to do though. Like, like uh, I've, cause I've had them for the last two years. And I've never, I've had, you know, a couple really big ones, but usually they're not. And I'll have them like every two weeks or so, like something where it's just like, it feels like my heart skips a beat. And what I do is I just have to like, just like in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be fine. It's just my, my heart doing that weird thing. It always does. And I'm like, just breathe, breathe in through my mouth, you know, in through my nose, out through my mouth. 
and it usually takes like about a minute and it gets it calmed down and then I'm fine. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there's any correlation with that and um, like you work at, like by being the coffee house guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah, it's caffeine content. Um, well, I mean, dude, not just that. You are, um, which I know, like, I know your family is, like, involved. I don't know to what extent um, who does what or whatever, but you pretty much run in the shop yeah. uh, is a business at a, at a younger age. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, if it wasn't for core, I'd be in freaking tax jail, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to run a business. I'm trying to choke people over here, you yeah. know? Like, I mean, it's almost a joke. Like, I am almost unwilling to do anything, like, related to, like, money. Yeah. Like, people be like, hey, I want to pay $200 for this gi. I'm like, go talk to Cora. Yeah. Like, I will neither write that gi in the order book or order it for you or anything. Yeah. But when you get it, come let me know. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, yeah. it's it's weird. Um those are my weaknesses, so I choose not to do them at all. Uh, that's okay, though. That's that's what makes you like a business owner, like being able to recognize your weakness. Yeah, and, and but fortunately, I have I have Cora, and maybe that's why she has uh, some anxiety because <laughs> I keep peddling all this stuff off on her. But uh, but it's I mean, it's not. I I think some of it is related to like age and uncertainty. Yeah, like dude, I remember when I was. Uh, Back in my day. <laughs> but, uh, dude, when I was your age, oh, man, I didn't know shit. Yeah. But I was working just as hard as I am, pretty much. I just really didn't get anything together until I was 23. Yeah. There's this uh, all this uh, science that I believe in, and maybe it's bro science, but about, like, you um, – your prefrontal cortex and your yourself, your brain, your identity is not formed completely till you're between the ages of 23 and 25. That's what I believe. And so I tell, I actually tell people, I'm like, I don't think you should do any drugs until you're that old. Yeah. There's a lot of correlation between people smoking weed, doing like psychedelics or LSD or things like that. Yeah. And they're doing it before they formed that, identity of self and it either delays or denies the formation of that identity yeah uh, no, i feel that's... like i have a friend right now that um he did too many like he before that before that age did too many psychedelics for like a really long period of time like he mentioned to like one of our friends that uh he'd like done something crazy like smoked dmt 300 times in like four months or something he's lucky to be alive I don't know very much about DMT, but apparently you can do that. But okay, <laughs> I, I don't know if he saw the deity or whatever. But I've never smoked DMT, so I can't. Uh, I, I have no idea. Yeah. But uh, they they call it like the businessman's trip. Apparently, like you can like <clears throat> it's not like doing like um other psychedelics where it's crazy. Um, mushrooms are getting voted uh, for recreational legality in California in 2018. They're up. For, they're up on the. Uh, and well, it's crazy. Our government and military both have done all these studies about uh, MDMA and uh, psilocybin. And uh, there's a guy out there named Paul Stamets. It's got all these patents on these different types of mushrooms that uh, like lines. Can have a patent on a mushroom? 
you have to get a patent to sell the mushroom as a supplement. Oh, okay, so it's your product. Yeah, so. so all these different, but like they're they're blocks because, um, but there's all sorts of non psychoactive mushrooms. Yeah, right. Just like CBD, a lot of people think it's federally legal. A lot of people think it's psychoactive. Like if you were to like grind up a a, a bud off of a marijuana plant and smoke it, and it's gonna be like, oh, yeah, right. Um, CBD is not supposed to do that to you. Unless it has psychoactive properties, is it just like, energy or something. No, or? it's actually it's um, CBD is uh, supposed to be calming to you, but it's supposed to like reduce inflammation in your body and right, right. stuff like that. But anyway, it's that's why they say the health benefits of CBD. In yeah, there. and two, the fact that it's uh, has not that it's non psychoactive. That's why it's federally legal. Right. But some people make psychoactive like CBD oil that has the psychoactive strain too, and you can vape it or whatever. But I um I don't know. I think that I think that once you're kind of like comfortable and confident in your own skin that you can do that kind of stuff and get away with it. Right? Yeah. But like I mean something that um I don't believe exists uh for some people is like I've ran into people that I would consider burnouts. You ever heard the phrase burnout? Yeah, but I'm not sure in the same context you're talking about. Somebody that did too many drugs, therefore they're like, oh, what's that, dude? Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I, know, I know several. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, like, just a total, like... You don't they're, believe that? They're never going to be a productive part of society. Yeah. Every person I've ever met that was like that did drugs pre this line I'm talking to you yeah. about. No, it's... I do know people that have got into smoking and, and doing other things past, like, in their 20s and stuff, and they they have either anxiety or, or paranoia or whatever. I knew a guy that's, like, he's older than me, but um, he, um, like, when he was, like, in high school, he would smoke weed, and he was always getting busted by his dad or his stepdad one. I can't remember who he said, but... Like now that dude um, gets super paranoid about like everything, you know, and it, it well, Probably maybe not something. everything, but like, well, I'm not trying to go too deeply into like, no, but I could see that. I could see that correlating where it's like uh, now, you know, every time you'd smoke weed, which is, you know, imp impairing those uh, whatever connections and then you're getting caught. While it's impairing those. Dude, connections. I just like, never, <laughs> um, I never really got it. Like the whole, like, yeah. Oh my God. Like, uh, you yeah. ever watch Breaking Bad? Yeah. You remember when uh, Jesse's like tripping out on meth and um, like, like he hears the knock on the door and it's like these like, <laughs> like these biker gang dudes with like these crazy clubs and it's like nails in them or something. And it's like really two Jehovah's Witnesses on bicycles yeah. or something. Yeah. Super funny. That's but uh, yeah, the paranoia. Yeah. You know, so like uh, you hear like the things like paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah. Like, um, that is the sort of, um, things I, I think can happen to people that start playing around with drugs too early. And I'm actually, um, I'm pretty open-minded to stuff. Like I'm not like, um, I'm saying that and I'm not, um, I'm like, I'm more of like the school of thought. I'm like, Oh, you're 23 to 25 and you want to do drugs. Cool. Do them. Yeah. You know, as long as you are, um, like not letting that screw up your whole life. Cause the fact, the reality is I know tons of people, uh, that smoke like daily or smoke a lot and they're super productive members of society. 
super yeah. productive. Like, uh, it's almost uh, shocking. Like, it reformulated, my, like, so many people and so many different levels of society that it would shock you. It changed the way I thought about it. And I'm like, this many people do this, but it's like... Yeah. You know, and, and like, look, I think that like, well, I'm, I'm in line with like what everybody else is thinking. I'm like, yeah, it is bad when you're an 18 year old high school student who hasn't formed your consciousness yeah, trying to get a hold of these drugs illegally and do them. It's like, uh, recreation, uh, cannabis is legal recreationally in nine States now. Is it really nine, nine? What are the ones added it? Like uh, this? Nevada, they added it the week I was there. Um, last, and I actually like my back was injured. I told somebody this the other day and I went, um, there was like five dispensaries within a block of my hotel. Really? And I, I walked, I walked to one and I got some, like, I was like, Hey, look, I am injured. I'm trying to take some Gracie tomorrow or whatever. Like literally Cora popped in my back. I injured my back somehow before we went to Vegas. Oh, dude. And like, I was just like, like couldn't hardly breathe, dude. And um, I'd heard um, actually Crone Gracie on Joe Rogan's podcast a long time ago say that like the only way, like when he was training super high volume, like shredding his body and his back's all jacked up from just the training all week, would uh, do do or drink edibles in order to like not move. So I went and I got this uh, like a, a a juice fusion and. Um, I took and I just told him, I'm like, hey, I just want something that I can take before bed that will allow me to sleep. Yeah. And they're like, I was hurting that bad. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, that and I knew, too, that I needed to um, like, I think that night I like like laid on the floor on my like flat on my back until I was ready. Then I had like a foam roller and a mile ball and stuff with me and I was working it out. But Cora was able to pop my back and it was like it felt it go back in. I wonder if I didn't have a rib out or something. You could have, man. It kind of sounds like yeah. And um, it, I was able to go do the Hickson seminar. That like literally on our way out. That says something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and uh, but I, I mean, literally, I couldn't hardly. Like, it would be like, yeah, I don't know if you ever hurt your body. I know you hurt your back and your right, but like where you go to move and you're like, <gasps> oh yeah, when yeah, you just like stabbing a knife in you, taking your breath away. Yeah, right after the accident like that. Yeah, but um. Yeah, man, it's uh, it did. It allowed me to sleep without moving around a lot. Like I toss and turn a lot during the night, and yeah. I think it's because my body's like, oh, hey, no, don't lay like that. But you know, yeah, you know, I can't lay on my back all night without moving. It's right. probably be what I should do. And but uh, that did it allowed me to not toss and turn and just kind of lay there and recover. That's good. And I, I Cora's able to pop my back in the next day. See, so like, see, my thing, my thing about um. I guess, uh, I mean, really weed, like, I, I don't really, like, uh, like, whenever the vote came up, like, I voted for it, but I don't do it. Uh, just mostly, mostly because, like, I don't like to be out of my uh, state of mind. Like, I, I drink, and, uh, like, I drink beer, I drink whiskey and stuff, but I don't, I don't like being drunk. I don't like Dude, changing Dude, I don't, I don't either. Actually, all of a sudden, I don't like being drunk. Matter of fact, the last couple of times I got drunk, I felt like I was like, like kind of lost control of my judgment a little bit, were and I wasn't even people? super drunk. Yes, See, and the people I was around were were p- 
pissing me off because one of them um, almost goaded a guy into a bar fight. And I was like, do any of you I don't know who within your audience is going to listen to this, so we'll keep it PG right here or whatever. <laughs> it's all good. I, but yeah, uh, I was like, do any of you guys know how to fight? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, you know, <laughs> like... They're just all, they're expecting you to jump in. That's well, and I don't know if that was the case, but like, I was like, I I didn't, I just didn't want to be anywhere around it. Like, yeah. literally somebody bumped by our table and was like, hey, I'm, I'm sorry for coming through here. Like, it's the only way for me to get out on the patio to smoke. And... And like one of the people at the table was like, Hey, we knew when we slid this table out right here and all of us sat back here, that was going to be a thing. No big deal. And then this other guy who had a little more to drink than me popped his mouth off at this cat. And this cat was just like, I'm about to whip your ass, dude. And then I was just like, I'm about to whip everybody's ass. Yeah. All of your friends and all of my friends. And, all of my friends. and it's just like, except for <laughs> this dude who it's his birthday and you, sir, have just screwed that up. And then I screwed it up too because it just ruined my, it, it ruined my mood. Yeah. Like, and there was just like no coming back from it for me. And like, that's what I didn't like. I was like, that I was like, you couldn't bring yourself back. I, and I was I was in Little Rock. I didn't have a means to like not be there. Yeah, right. You know, and it was just like and oh man, it just uh but then I like I reflected on that a whole lot and I've drank a couple of times since, like two or three beers, but and I, I do, man, I enjoy drinking um Patron. I think we're probably going to drink a little bit of whiskey on the podcast this week. Uh, one of my know. guests was talking about bringing some over, and I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. But I, I have been getting out, trying to get out ahead of it and talk about it because, like, literally the last couple of times that I was, that I drank a little more than I usually would, and I was uh, in a place, in a setting in which I could not, like, really control. Yeah. I couldn't just, like, go to a hotel and, you know, or whatever, go to my hotel. It just, I didn't like it, man. It's, yeah, for And me, it does, I finally understood that impaired judgment thing they always talk about. Yeah, yeah, like, I've never had a problem with, like, I don't think I've really ever had a problem with, uh, you know, like, uh, knowing when not to drive kind of thing. Like, I always know when not to, but but it's the, it's if for me, if I drink too much, and especially if I'm around other people, I just feel like everybody's watching me, and I feel, like, majorly embarrassed. Because I, I can feel that I'm not my normal self. I'm not collected, and I can't and usu- control it. Usually, usually, if yeah. no one tries to pick a fight with somebody, and then that same person tries to argue with me about uh, gun control and the police, which I train, I train law enforcement and have trained law enforcement. Um, so he knew you, and I'm a concealed carry holder, and we got into a stupid argument, and then I was like, "Dude, I'm already mad at you. I'm ready to beat your ass, bro." Yeah, like you know, and it just like, and then I, it, but it never would have got to that. Not even close. I'm telling you for a fact. If I wouldn't have had any alcohol, right? Like I, because uh, I don't know. Like uh, Joey Diaz jokes around about Eddie Bravo. He's like, you get him to drink, and that red man comes out. <laughs> it's an Indian in there, you know. And because Eddie Bravo is, he's uh, he's like Mexican. So, yeah. um, but so, my great grandma is full blood Cherokee. Maybe I get that. See, you know, I do. Uh, now, like all that. All that being said, like. I do still like drink pretty moderately, but that's uh, the key. But I just uh, I like to do it. Um, I mean, even when I'm out, that's fine. But I I like to just do enough to where like I'm relaxed and I'm not drinking for that. Like I I specifically like I love craft beer. 
Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I love whiskey, good whiskey, not crap. So what's your, like, what's your favorite uh, kind of whiskey? If you go, say you're going to go to the well or whatever. Uh, or, uh, is Price uh, uh, <laughs> come into it? If uh, Price doesn't come into yeah, it, yeah. Let's just say it's a special occasion. You're going to go to Arca Valley or wherever. There, you're going to get a bottle. There is a 12 year Dalmore at um, Be Well that is beautiful. It's a Scotch. It's, it's it, Scotch, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Now I love I love bourbon and Scotch. Yeah, yeah. But if I had like just like had a, about 80 bucks to go drop, or I think it's like 100 actually right now. But it's a yeah, dude. Patron is my weapon of choice, bro, and that that's probably a reason why I get so wound up the last couple of times I've been having Coronas and Patron, dude. Like uh, Patron, man, it it will it get you hooping and hollering, and it's usually all happy and positive. But uh, like I said, man, I've just noticed a few times that like uh, it's kind of kind of made me a little aggressive. Yeah, which you know, in hindsight. I kind of like or whatever on 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 some side note, but it's like so. What blows my mind these tie boxers. You ever remember that season? You ever watch Ultimate Fighter? Yeah. yeah. You remember that season where like GSP's a, uh, on there and like he has this tie coach from like. Uh, oh, from I, when he was. I, I on think the he Ultimate was a Fighter? yeah. I think he was a. I think the tie coach he had back. was French, but this dude like came in like like drunk, drinking, and like I want to say smoking. And then got out there and just started slamming people, just whoop, just like blistering them with kicks, man. It was, uh, but that's just it. A lot of the ties will, uh, well, they'll be drinking while they're out there, and I'm just like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, if I've been drinking and I go train hard, I'm just like, oh man, my side, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's weird. I can't imagine that being part of the norm. I think once you're used to it or something, because I have a, I have like drank a little bit too much before, and then played guitar, which I know it's different, but I played guitar, and then one of my buddies who had not drank that night, like I asked him later, I'm like, like how did that affect me whenever I was playing? Because I didn't really remember. He's like, uh, honestly, you played way better than you do normally. He's like, no offense. He's like, I mean, you play good, but he's like, you played more way relaxed, cleaner, less over over analytical about it. Yeah, he's like, you just seem more focused. And I was like, that's really strange. But I think it may that may be something with the ties, though. You know, like it's the same type dials you in. Yeah, dials you into Dude, a reflex. He, this muscle is crazy memory. too. There was a guy on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and they were talking about him recently. But I remember. Um, I might even be remember an episode where they were talking about this same guy, and then I looked it up. Anyway, there's a guest. It's a kickboxer competitor that um, microdoses mushrooms. Really? And um, he's like, yeah, dude, it just gets me in a flow state. Like Vice uh, News was What is he fighting? Uh, I want to say he's K1. Or not K1, uh, Glory. They uh, let him do that? Like, don't they drug test for it, stuff like that? Uh, I don't know. Let's Google how long shrooms, mushrooms, uh, psilocybin stays in your system after you take it. How long do shrooms take to? I just want to look at your Google history. It's got to be really interesting. System. <laughs> um, I look at shrooms half life. Uh, we could get something called truffle magic. Truffle magic. I don't even know what it is, but I like the word truffle. Yeah. How long does shrooms stay in your system? <laughs> Look, 
detox everything fast. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. It's like that's the ad on this page. Yeah, it's what, like, are you John needing to pass? Uh, yeah. Uh, how long do shrooms stay in your system? Blah blah. Oh, I break here. The magic mushroom, the fungus, high trip. Blah, 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 psilocybin. Uh, okay. Fifteen paragraphs later. Um. Okay. Is myth? Okay. Myths. Here's some myths. Shrooms can stay in your spine forever. I've heard that. (laughs) A spinal tap can detect if you have ever used shrooms or LSD. I've heard that. And it's a myth. Shrooms make you go crazy or insane. Apparently that's a myth. These people must be in the shroom business. Do shrooms show up on a drug test? The answer to this is yes. The presence of magic mushrooms and its metabolites can be detective. All uh, All those standard drug testing, for example... Five panel urine tests do not test for its presence. So that means so a nuke, people that means the nuke plant doesn't test for mushrooms. <laughs> Everybody um, in the nuke plant who's uh, the, listening. <laughs> the most commonly used drug tests test for marijuana, cocaine, meth, opiates, and PCP. And I do happen to know that um, I believe that the nuke plant. Somebody just told me they um, test for benzos. Really. Yeah, which makes sense because you're dealing with nuclear reactors and stuff. Yeah, if you're dealing, if you're working at the nuke plant, you probably shouldn't be doing drugs. Yeah, dude. Especially with I, our nuke plant. Yeah, then where people get set on fire and die and stuff. Yeah. Yes, that's um. They've had two of the, two bad accidents in like the last eighteen yeah. months or something. I don't know. I, well, I'm not to be insensitive to. I uh, hate to say, uh, like say that. In case, no, no, those people had families. I know the and, guy. The, oh, bummer! That yeah. passed away. Yeah, the guy that was the the whole crane accident thing. That yeah, so that that guy passed away, and then like some sort of crazy fire thing happened, in which no one passed away. Like right after that. Yeah, they um actually yeah my uh, my pastor is uh, his mom. Um, oh, bummer, yeah, she, dude! It was uh that was rough because I remember where I live. I don't live too far away from the plant. Uh, that morning. We heard like the crash. We didn't know what it was or anything, but we we're just like, "What was that?" Because we heard it from inside our house. We came to the church later, and like everybody's just like freaking out because they we didn't know like the status of what had happened to him. We mm-hmm. just knew that there was a collapse. And yeah, uh, you know, there was some people that saw that happen that had to get counseling for it. I don't know. There was like, a bunch actually. Yeah. Uh, the guy that used to own my shop, he was uh, the human resource manager there for a while. He was telling me about when it happened, uh, like, it was crazy rough. It wasn't just, like, a few people. It was, like, the counselors were seeing, like, everybody. Like, everybody was just, like, because I, they saw somebody die at their workplace. It's, like. Well, and, yeah. I can and he got, he got around, too. So, like, people really, people knew him. He was around town a lot. I, I don't think I'd ever met the guy. Yeah. But uh, I'd, I'd, I heard about it. And, uh, like, man, just because of the gym, so many people, and just we're a smaller town, and that place employs so many So people. many. It's like a lifeblood, dude. Yeah, town. it really is. Uh, and, it, like, in Clarksville, it's it's Walmart, D.C. Yeah. So, uh, and I will just uh, say this again. I say it all the time. I will work 1,000 hours. I will work all the hours in the week for Brian Wilson to work none of the hours in the week for those people. Yeah. Right? I would rather work all the hours for me than 40 hours for them. Yeah. I just can't do it, man. Just because of the company? Or? N- n- just, like, I can't. I can't. I'm not wired to work for someone else. Yeah. 
I'm going to be my own boss. Yeah. Uh, like, you, like uh, I don't think it's because I have a problem with authority. I don't think it's because I can't get along with people. Like, I'm just, like, an entrepreneur. Yeah. Fits, it fits me, you know? That's, it's the same because, like, I can't, now that I now that I do work for myself, oh, dude, like, that would be, like, I guess if I had a fear that was in my life, it would be that, that something would happen and that I'd have to go back to work for somebody else. Because it's just like... Dude, I worked at Walmart DC, and it was like... It, it's crazy. Like, you get in there, and, like, you work, like, a 12-hour shift. Like, hard manual labor. Like, yeah. I did this order filling on this, uh, like, basically stacking groceries on a pallet all day, every day, and dropping the pallets off to be... hours doing that? Yes. And, um, like, you would get in there, and, like, this is how I always felt. It'd be like, all right, man, seven hours in. Oh man, I just feel so bad in my back. Oh man, my stomach hurts. Oh, am I getting sick? Like you would yeah. just like start to deteriorate mentally and physically. And dude, it's like as soon as you walked up out of there, you were like, oh, like literally, it's gone. Like a burden was lifted. That place yeah. was cancer to me, man. I will never work there again. I've worked two jobs like that. Staples was horrible. Oh damn! So you probably worked. Uh, did you work with Maddie at Staples? No, before him. Okay. I actually trained uh, a lot of his managers. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> but, uh, that place has got to be going out of business soon, right? See, the thing is, they ours will probably never go out of business because we have a really big store, um, and our store serves as a warehouse for the stores that close down, essentially. Mm. Um, we used to get screwed over all the time uh, by Staples Corporate because they would close right when they closed like that 500 stores or whatever, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we were working there, they would ship us all of the stuff because they saw that our place was bigger, but they would also require us to have everything out on the floor and we didn't have room. Yeah. And they, and then they would cut our hours in half. So we didn't have hours to do it. Like, <laughs> so basically the manager, manager staff would stay there till like 12 in the morning sometimes just trying to stock stuff and find place for things it was crap and then i hated that place and then uh like it's not good to talk about former employee employers i know but staples got to get something together they, walmart dc got to get something together too yeah and i will just say kidding. i mean my I other job that was basically like a cancer was shurian the uh, oh yeah call dude. Center. yeah i got some of my some of my guys from the gym work there yeah uh, you'd be uh yeah it's not telemarketing but like people that that are pissed because like their warranty. stuff broke yeah. and you're and you got to talk to them yeah that was super fun oh my gosh no and i will say the company i that, that was my favorite company to work for because they were they were really cool and there's and it's just nothing there's nothing they could do they tried their hardest to make it a good job but it's they just, do pay uh, decently well, right? They do, yeah. yeah. Like uh, I was benefits. paid like twelve an hour for like yeah for around for around here and for just like a a pretty uh, pretty chill job. Yeah, I mean, you like, just sit in your chair and talk to people on the phone, but it's draining. I think like, I made like twenty sucks. bucks an hour working at Walmart DC. Like really, it was like high teens. Yeah, like I think I started out at like seventeen, and then I got a raise at ninety. Like I got a couple of raises, and then you could make incentives too. Uh, but dude, it was not worth it. Yeah. You know, like what was worth it is going into debt on my student loans way more than working at some place that makes me like physically unhappy. Yeah. Like that's what I was feeling when I was in there. It was like, in my view is like physical unhappiness, Yeah. which sitting here in my podcast studio, looking at that moon lamp over there, 
Makes you feel good. Feel pretty good. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, warehouse lighting is just not good either. No. Can't be. Staring at computers, not either. I remember when they built Walmart DC when I was a kid? It looked like it. There, like there's this town between Clarksville and Ozark on Highway 64 called Hartman. That's where my whole family lived when I was a kid. Like my grandma and grandpa had a farm right there on the on this uh, creek when you go into town, and um, like not the so there's like a highway and then there's like maybe like a five mile distance between this other highway called 109 and they run parallel. Right. Right. So when you would be on 64, you could look over like five miles in the distance and it looked like a town. Yeah. And it was the lights on the roof of Walmart, D.C. Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I remember when that didn't exist. I remember when that whole whole five-mile stretch going just this way on 64 was like dark at night. Yeah. And then they built D- the D.C. and it was like, it looks like a town. Yeah. And if you go up on top of like one of the mountains on the outskirts of Clarksville, it looks like a town. Yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, so... Anything else exciting going on? You got big plans at the coffee house coming up? We've got some plans coming get up. The, get the coffee truck. Yeah, we'll see. We've got it. But uh, we had some, some other options come up recently that we're looking at, too, that are in the same vicinity. Dude, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, the only thing that um, I see as a potential downside is it's very hard for me to find a place to park over there. Yeah. It's all Planet Fitness's fault. It is. It's their fault. Um, yeah. Uh, and fickle fitness people too, because that's the only people that work out over there. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, it's it's really it's a problem that we're trying to fix, and we've looked at other locations, like several others. Well, I mean, I think but, you can get by without a drive-through, even. I mean, that would be so ideal. But it's like uh, one of my coaches was in town, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to get the Flavio's guest on the podcast. I'm going to get right. him a coffee." And I'm like, "Hey, dude, uh, uh, grab me one too if you don't care." And uh, he's like, dude, I thought I was never going to find a place to park. And yeah. it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon or something, 4 o'clock when he's coming it's in. It's like one of the worst times. Yeah, but, I mean, dude, even, like, the mornings, like, after I get out of the gym, like, right when you guys first open, I guess a lot of people uh, work out at that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, – our possible new location, though, it, it'll be more of a more of a drive-through so that if you guys needed uh, – and I think we're going to open an hour earlier, too, for nice. people, which I know you'll appreciate. I do uh, go through um, really early. Yeah. And, I, dude, I, too, think um, if you don't have a drive through it would be hard to justify opening earlier. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. well, I feel like it's, it's like at that time of morning, it's, a, it's purely about a thing of convenience. It would also be like if we were in a different spot, it'd be different. Like if we uh, – because I used to – when I didn't own the shop, but I worked there, um, you know, we would open, we opened at five thirty in the morning and that was rough. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, I get up at four 30. I'm usually yeah. like on Tuesday, there's a period of time when I was getting up, um, at four 30 every day through the week. I don't know how you do that, man. Um, the last person that, that texted me that I just text them back one word, legacy, legacy. <laughs> they didn't text me back, but, <laughs> That's um, great. They're like, dude, I don't know how you do it, man. I just don't, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, that's why no one's going to remember your name. But no, I, <laughs> I wasn't being that much of a dick about it. But um, but in a way, like that, I'm motivated, uh, not egotistically by that, but like 
uh, I just feel like a, kind of like a creator type person. Like I have this urge to want to make things yeah. uh, that I'm interested in, put them out there into the universe. And yeah, I don't know. That's just, I get super motivated by that. And some people aren't at all. But uh, oh, I get it. I get but it I sure. get up early because uh, this like kind of comes with that. Like now I only teach like I teach a couple of privates early. Use I'm only getting up about four thirty like three days a week right now. Yeah, and then I get up about five five thirty the other couple of days. Sleep in on Sundays. Sleep in some Saturdays. Yeah, it's nice. I actually do. Um, we have people that help out a lot at the gym right now on that earlier stuff. So it seems like it. Super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, dude, you'll have to uh, keep me updated. Dude, I actually do. Um, I've been joking about it, but I really would like to do um, some podcasts at the coffee house. Yeah, you know, no, I with, think it would be really cool. With your permission, of course. But Definitely. Uh, you can be one of them. But that's why um, this little recorder right here and this Yeti mic that uh, I'm just going to get here whenever they decide to finally ship it to me. I think it's in shipping. But I've got some different uh, cables where I can like I can hook this into my mixer. Yeah. I can hook this into the mic. Um it's just uh, it's a pretty cool little device. Uh, this is a custom cable, like uh, that they made. Like typically, uh, I had to pay like thirty bucks for it or something. But it's uh, you can't get very many. Like it's a custom. Yeah, I've made never deal. seen one that had like middies like that. See, that's a check. That that's a five pin. Yeah. So it's three pin on this end. Yeah, I've never pin. seen that. Yeah, it's wild. There's a guy that had some XLR stuff like at the fights the other night, and it was like a, it was like a box. Yeah, and he was like hooking the XLRs in his computer, like or, or like no, he had a box that he was hooking the XLRs into, and then it them. went into the U, the USB. Yeah, and I was like, I wonder what that's for. I almost asked the dude, like walked over to him, and be like, What are you doing with that? <laughs> what are you do? even if I just so yeah weird. like I'm like I'm like hey where'd you get that thing on your lens like I might yeah. like, every time I see like a camera or audio stuff now I'm like what are you using that for yeah <laughs> dude I'll tell you like one thing I got to get for this camera is like you see I got this little thing up here over my lights yeah yeah there's like a little bla uh, glare that will like light hits the camera and yeah. there's this thing you can get to where it like comes out over the edge of the lens on all sides yeah totally kills it but. It's kind of expensive. I got to get it. It's yeah. one of those things that, like, for that, I did get a wide angle lens for this room, but, um, nice. you know, this, it just kind of gets it for lighting. Yeah. Hey, how do you feel about the, uh, the fight coming up this weekend, right? You mean Max Holloway versus Khabib? Did, did, he did really you hear, bro? Okay. That was not no, an April I Fool's. I thought it was, though. It wasn't, sure? dog. It was not an April Fool's. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to do a podcast about this last night. No, and, um, no, no, yeah. no, dude, no. Dude, Khabib is fighting Max Holloway. Tony Ferguson sure was wearing his sunglasses inside and tripped over some cables like this here because they didn't have the... What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Injured his Are knee. Are you sure it's not Tore a Tore his play. lateral this, this cartilage. This could be a long lig- play it, April Fool's joke. I mean, it could. But here's the thing, Khabib. All it would have to be deep, and I would have think that they would have like came out because you got to think that it is this weekend. It's going to affect sales big time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, apparently Tony Ferguson tore the lateral cartilage off the bone in his knee from tripping over a cord. Like for real, that's it. Ah, uh, I don't know, man. Conspiracy in me is coming out. 
it's Illuminati, dude. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, they really wanted Max Holloway to fight. (laughs) But, um, yeah, uh, Dana White said he'll never book Tony Khabib again. This is the fourth time that fight's fallen through. Maybe it's the third time. Because of Tony? Maybe they're saying that won't be. No, it was uh, like one time Khabib went to the hospital or something because of the weight cut. Yeah. And then one time it was an injury, and this time it was an injury. I can't. But it's just like, first, the first thing I heard is like somebody's like, Tony was walking across a parking lot, and then someone was like, hey, Tony. And he was like, hey, what's up? And tripped and fell, and then he tore his knee. And then it was something more specific, like he tripped over some cables. Then I read something today where someone wrote and said that he was trying to blame the UFC because maybe they they left the cables out wherever he was walking. I don't know. That's hilarious. But yeah, dude. Khabib is not fighting Tony Ferguson. <gasps> Khabib is about to whip the shit out of Max Holloway. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, but I'm actually, I was actually, like, I was excited for that one, but I'm actually pretty excited to see the Nunes uh, rematch with uh, uh, Joanna. Oh, uh, Thug Rose. Yeah. Thug Rose and Johanna uh, Young Jacek. Yeah. I used to, I used to think uh, her name was Jettersek. Yeah, because it's about. It looks like it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Those Polish names are weird. Eastern European names are weird. They have like C's and Z's in them a lot of times. Yeah, it's it's like how you do that. That's crazy. And wise. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, teaching European history right now because like, I didn't really get it at first. I had World Civ in college. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you're teaching Western civilization," and I'm like, "World history." Yeah. You know, and they're like, "No." European as it relates to the world. And I was just like, oh, okay, I can do that. Yeah. So I don't really have to talk about like Africa as it relates to, but pretty much man, world history, the way it's taught in a yeah. roundabout way, like the book I have, one of the professors highlighted a bunch of stuff in it. And as I just kind of steal what he highlighted, <laughs> Nice. I don't read anything else. Hopefully. You know. No, it is like most of the stuff he, but there are these whole big parts uh, and even a whole chapter that is like on Africa. And he's like, oh, it's not Western Civ. Don't talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. I started off like getting deep into the Mongols and I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah. I remember you were talking about it. You're like, I'm so excited. I did anyway. (laughs) Like I flipped open the book and the first chapter was on the Pax Mongolica, which was basically Genghis Khan shaking things up enough that he could protect the Silk Roads for a few years and facilitate trade and also the Black Death. And he talked about rape and stuff, and then it was like, oh. Yeah. Not supposed to. Yeah. Dude, <clears throat> we'll wrap it up with this. I want to read you this source. This is, uh, I've been, um, I've been raising awareness about holidays, and I'm not going to get off on to, to Easter. Yeah. Which, if one more Christian tries to tell me there's any connection between Jesus Christ and eggs, I'm going to slap him in the face. Somebody actually argue that? Look it up on the internet. I don't ever argue that. <laughs> that's... Dude, that's, that's what's going to happen. The indoctrination's already happened. You can believe, believe however you want to about it, but like the, the amount of like pagan rituals associated with like fertility cults that have become a part of that holiday is super dis- disturbing. Like, yeah. But I mean, are those cults still around? Is it just, just kind of the history? Of Obviously, it? they are. I mean, the actual cults might not be, but the culture is, yeah. and it's being propagated. I don't like seeing those people in front of Huertas waving eggs at me. You know? Oh yeah. Like that. that's what, like what, like what you got? Like look at the history of where the where the egg comes from, where does and the it? wild hair in uh, the Germanic states, and it's. 
it's got a rich history. Like what you really need to do is like Easter is a surveyed religious thing. However you want to look at it. Let's just say you only believe in the resurrection story. Yeah. All of the other stuff that is made it in comes from these outside occultist, pagan, ritualistic yeah, sources. See, see, and it's yeah. a part of the tradition. So a lot of people say that when Christianity was formed, that they were trying to bring in, um, they wanted more pagan people to yeah. not be pagan and to be, uh, to sure. have these Christian beliefs. So they tried to, I don't even really believe that as much as, uh, just like, it's just become like almost perverted in a way. Yeah. But, but no, I will agree with you on some of that. Like, uh, I don't know our church though. Like, I mean, the part well, that's connected to the Passover and Jewish traditions, you know? and that's what we, that's what we go off of. We actually, <clears throat> we try to, we've actually been trying to, um, distance ourselves more from, uh, some of the like pagan parts of it. I don't understand all of it, but I know like now we, we really weren't even trying to call it Easter anymore. Just trying to get away from it and just like. Which is the little things, but... I mean, it's a linguistic thing, but I mean, but uh, a lot of people draw that connection to Ishtar. Yeah, see, we just call it, we were just like, it's the Resurrection Day, and we, that's what we celebrate. That's a me. way better way of putting it. Um, and two, I'm also, like, here's another thing, and like, not talking any crap. You know what's super disturbing to me about that holiday in Christian tradition? I, but bear in mind, I was raised in church and played in the band and everything, yeah. much like yourself. Um, the whole Easter outfit thing. I don't get that. Yeah, I don't know. That's always like, been that thing. Like, it's yeah, it's like, do you think, I mean, I'm not an expert in the teachings of Jesus Christ, but I, I am, uh, I study a lot of people who are, yeah. uh, and um, I do know a fair amount, and it's like there's no way that I think Jesus wants you to go buy that Easter outfit. No, 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 and I don't, I mean, I don't know anybody that I don't has think, strictly I don't, said, like, God wants you to dress up. Yeah, no, like, so where does that come from? Like, oh, I've got to go... Me and my kids and my husband, who never go to church anyway, yeah, we got to go to church on this day, and we got to dress oh, a certain you're, way. You're talking about the uh, the C, uh, CEOs, the executive Christmas, types, yeah. Cri well, here's Christmas, no Christmas, Christmas Easter. Uh, what, what's the? I forgot the other one. That's uh, no, not CEOs. It's Christmas Easter. Uh, what's the, whatever what's that another other one? one? Um, There's another one. Thanksgiving? No. I don't know. I don't know. No, not Thanksgiving. Anyway, it was Christmas and Easter for sure. Those but are like, the two main ones. Um, yeah, like that, we had like almost 500 people at our church. Dude, uh, I, I know. Like, I just wanted to go to Cracker Barrel and eat some of the Sunday fried chicken. And like, we do go to Cracker Barrel some Sundays. Yeah, you're I, like, what is today? And I, I was like, I made a joke with the waitress. I was like, uh, you know, we don't go to church and we didn't see any of these people here last Sunday. And <laughs> yeah, she yeah. was just like, I know, right? <laughs> but, uh, Great. You know, it's just like I couldn't even turn in there next to like the New Life Church and all that because yeah. uh, it was just flooded. And it's like I drove down here like at least two weeks in the last four and it's like just flooded with people. So um, is that where you go to church? Okay. Yeah. No, some of the, some of the members too. I actually saw one of my guys working traffic while I was talking crap about oh. the people working traffic. I was like, "Are these people trained to do this?" And I see like, that ah. you have this vest on, but did you go through a course? Probably not. Yeah, I've actually had people like at city events direct me into um, almost having a wreck two different occasions. So I don't I don't do what those people tell me. I have no authority. Yeah. They're not law enforcement. Yeah. So yeah. I have no idea how they're legally allowed to operate traffic on a city street for a church. 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird stuff. Yeah. But uh, it, it is interesting. But parking so, like, lot just makes sense. History, so. history of uh, yeah, history of holidays. Like I've been uh, raising awareness about Columbus Day. So there's a story where they like basically see this. Um, uh, okay, from these uh, docile servants, we quickly move to the more hostile Caribs depicted here. Uh, so uh, they're talking about. Um, the uh, Taino, and then there's like a a more cannibalistic tribe. Uh, The infamous cannibals, uh, what follows is a portion of an account given not by Columbus himself, but by an aristocratic shipmate, Michel de Cueno, who provides a particularly intense and paradigm-forming account of a meeting of bodies, if not minds, in a letter from the second voyage, October 28th, 1495. He describes how he and his men have just attacked a small party of Caribs, and one of the Spaniards has been shot with an arrow. We captured this canoe. Well, this is a literal journal entry from, yeah. the, from this, uh, this ship captain. We captured this canoe with all the men. One cannibal was wounded by a lance blow, and thinking him dead, we left him in the sea. Suddenly we saw him begin to swim away. Therefore we caught him, and with a long hook pulled him aboard, where we cut off his head with an axe. Dang. We sent the other cannibals together with the two slaves to Spain, when I was in the boat, I took a beautiful cannibal girl, and the Admiral, Christopher Columbus, <clears throat> who we celebrate, gave her to me. Having her in my room and she being naked, as in their custom, I began to want to amuse myself with her. Since I wanted to have my way with her and she was not willing, she worked me over so badly with her nails that I wished I had never begun. To get to the end of the story, seeing how things were going, I got a rope and tied her up so tightly that she made unheard of cries, which would make you think, uh, which would make you believed at the uh, unheard of cries, which wouldn't have, uh, which you wouldn't have believed. At the end, we got along so well. Let me tell you, it seemed that if she had studied at a school for harlots. The admiral named the cape on the island the cape of the arrow for the man who was killed by the arrow. That yeah. guy raped that girl. Yeah. I see like I was reading something is actually this past Columbus Day. Um I forgot what article I was reading. Somebody was discounting that. I don't know that it that was that particular true. story? Yeah, that that article from that guy saying that it was a lie. I actually heard a historian give a lecture on that is how I heard that story. Really? Because yeah. I, I did hear that and everybody was talking about what a big deal, you know, and everything it was. And then the thing I was I'll reading, have to look into that. It's okay, I can tell you where it was at too, because I, I had the article saved because I thought it was really interesting. But... Let me read that whole thing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, no, I wanted to I wanted to hear no, it no, I didn't see, read that, the whole that thing. That is um um, I I got into that when I went over Columbus, yeah. and I was watching a historian that was talking about uh, primary source accounts from Columbus, and I was like, no way. See, uh, okay, because I don't know completely what to believe, because one guy says you know that one, and then the other one was saying no. The, what I had heard on this other article, it was saying something about like that that guy um, was lying about it. Columbus didn't actually know 
that he was doing that with her or something. Well, obviously, I, really, he didn't. He might not have. And and they were taking slaves and they were taking servants and stuff. But I think from their article, they were saying that, like, some of their, like, dealings with the, like, the Indians and everything else is, like, um, that was part of, like, what they were doing. Like, that they would trade people. And that was, like, and, uh, yeah, that's horrible, but, like, that happened. Like, and he, it also, like, they had accounts of Columbus... Um, and because that free. happened, I'm going to say we should not celebrate that dude. Yeah, yeah. Like I wish you, I could see the like argument there. Literally, sure. um, he rolled up and was like, man, these people are so happy. They're so gullible. Yeah. They're so enslavable. Yeah, except for the cannibals. I mean, that's kind of messed up. Yeah, but who's to but, say they were even cannibals? Yeah. What What proof do we have of that? Yeah, but... Other than yeah. his accounts, which right. according to... Our discussion in the last two minutes are questionable. Yeah, they're so questionable. <laughs> Apparently, I it, mean, it, this is it's like how I read that. That's a translation yeah. too, so there could be translation errors. Yeah, but there's probably not that many. Because like uh, you know that whole about. "let me tell you" part, it's like this dude isn't gonna say. Now yeah. let me tell you, <laughs> right? Yeah, about the, but um, but he thou thee the <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it, but man, the Mongols too. Back on that story, um. We we do have some crazy accounts of of uh, some raping and pillaging that that Mongol uh, troopers did. It's yeah. wild. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm fascinated by holidays. I'm like, why should I celebrate this? I haven't been into holidays pretty much since I was an adult. The only reason I still celebrate Christmas is because Corey makes me. Yeah. Like uh, like I just like one day I was like, why do I have to buy people stuff like and spend a thousand dollars every time this year? Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't spend that much on people. Gosh. Big family, bro. It, that's just like by the time you get everybody something small, Dollar you get tree, your, man. you get your parents. Well, yeah. I mean, for the kids and stuff. But man, we got like so many. Um, we got nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles, and yeah. each family has their little tradition, but. Um, I mean, like last year, we did it a lot different. But just since I've been an adult, I'm like, what is up with all these consumer-based holidays? Yeah. I think a lot of that, though, too, has just been perverted. Like, totally. just because of our like, culture. Well, like, the, yeah. Like, like the, I don't think it's always been, you know, because I still think, like, like, like I know the, the pagan parts that are, like, a part of uh, uh, Christmas and stuff, but... Um, again, I actually know less less about the the. I haven't gone as deep into Christmas as I have with Easter. Yeah, but I do no, know there. I do know a fair about about both of both of the holidays. But that was just like when I was doing. I was going down the rabbit hole on Easter, and it did. It's just not even worth it on some of it because I was getting mad because Valentine's I was like, Day though. Have you seen that one? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like a national. It was like a it's like orgy day basically. That's what it was. Okay, like, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, ask Mike about it. He's like crazy because I was like, uh, I was like, I said something like, "So are you doing something for Valentine's Day or something?" And he's like, "Oh, what?" He's like, "You're gonna actually celebrate Orgy Day?" And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, what are you talking Dude, about?" Have you and heard of the like, purple people, bro? Purple people? No, what's that? Uh, uh, hold on, just a second. Let me uh, lay it on you. Uh, purple people. These people that all lived in purple houses, and they were um, a standoffish sex cult in Northern California, the purple people. <laughs> when was this? Um, it's still. It still goes on. What? Uh, you may have heard of purple people, a Lafayette, California group that lives in purple houses and travels in purple limousines. Um, 
Is it a is the Lafayette Morehouse a cult? Apparently, there's one in Missouri. Its connection to sexuality is inescapable. Its members teach sexual practices and techniques, and even used to uh, offer college degrees on the subject. Yeah, um, like accredited college degrees. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they staged a public demonstration sex. of a woman having an orgasm. Uh, they're not purple, but their houses and cars are. They engage in. Uh, polyamory and group sex. You said orgy, and I just immediately went to purple people. They believe in responsible hedonism. Uh, I'm just giving you a set of headings here. They up. see themselves as social researchers. They believe in human perfection. They use a one no vote system. I don't even know what that means. Do you remember the guy that? Um, you ever see this movie, Ten Things I Hate About You? I feel like I have. It sounds really Heath familiar. Ledger. Oh, kind of yeah, high school. It's it's actually a retelling of uh, a Shakespeare, uh, uh, the Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm trying to think what else is. Uh, well, there's this guy that was in that movie, and he was like this model guy, and um, he grew up and started a cult, dude. And here's another person that became a member of a cult. This girl that was in Smallville. Really? I want to do a history of cults. Like we've talked about everything that I'm interested in today. Cults. Are cults. Weird. Drugs yep. and history, like like conspiracy related history. Like That's I want to do po whole podcast segments on that. Like yeah. for some reason, like the history of drugs is fascinating to me. Like all that stuff about like, hey, I wonder if that guy became paranoid schizophrenic because he did too many psychedelic drugs before he was formed his uh, prefrontal cortex. Yeah. Stuff like that is, is fascinating. And the history of uh, prohibitions and legalities and stuff like that. So, um, hold on. I'm going to pull this dude up. I bet you've seen this dude. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, he was in a couple of different shows. Uh, and, no, that's not him. That's Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> it it's was not him very much anymore. This guy. Oh. Grew up and started a cult. Wait, he started a cult? Yeah. Really? Cults, uh, with crystals and stuff. I don't really I don't really know, but yeah, that's a dude. That's weird. So, uh yeah, you know. Huh. It's not too late. It's not too late. You I'm gonna start even a cult. Formed your prefrontal cortex yet, bro. You could do anything. I could do it. Uh, and you may have. Like that twenty three to twenty five is an arbitrary number. Yeah. Um but, I feel uh, like uh I feel like I feel like when you get to that point, like you kind of do understand, like when you did, like I feel like I already have, like I, uh, because I feel more. I'll say that, like uh, if you look at me three years ago, two, three years ago, I'm not the same kind of. Oh, person. I did, bro. I creep your whole Facebook. Did you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> you did. Looked at Dude, all I, the pictures. I want to delete them all. They're so bad. Dude, don't, bro. Like I don't I like. I was like, that. I was like, damn. Plus, it tells a story of you and your wife, man. You can't be getting yeah, rid of those was, pictures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't know y'all been together that long. Been together a while. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I was like, damn. Like, I, I, I saw you. I guess I saw your pictures in like 10th grade and stuff. Yeah. And even before. That's what's crazy about people like you that are younger. Like, dude, Facebook came out when I was a senior in high school. Yeah. And if Elon Musk has his way, we won't even have it anymore. That's true. So, anyway, but uh, yeah, Facebook, interesting. It's where all the stuff you don't want to. Yeah. I, sometimes I see things, it's like, Eight years ago, you said this, and I'm like, oh, back before, back when I was, you know, yeah, didn't have it together. Yeah, 
but it's a it's a it's a reminder you know keeps it real i'm all about keeping it real Definitely. Well, uh, yeah, dude. Well, thanks for finally coming on the podcast. Not Definitely. like you were, you were ducking or anything. I did lose your number, and I'm glad I have it now because yeah. uh, you text me. Because I was like, I'd sent you a Facebook message, and then I, I kept totally... looking at it, and like I knew that you hadn't checked it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like, damn, I hope he didn't think that like I'm just like ignoring him or something. No, but... I totally, I totally, I, uh, I got really busy there doing something, and I had like. Uh, five or six people send me messages at the same time. Yeah, and yeah I thought yeah. I checked all of them, and I was like, "Well, oh. and too, Abby, I know things got to be hectic, and uh, I've even seen you in the shop working a little bit, and yeah, here and there. Uh, uh, yeah, I know it's got to be a a little weird time trying to like, dude. Anytime you get out of your groove on something, getting back is it's really hard. I'd rather just change the groove altogether than try and like stop doing something for us. Like, I almost thought I was gonna have to teach a night class on Mondays. Really, and I was like. I'm, no, I just don't want to go back. I don't want to stop teaching night class and then go back to start teaching it again. It'd be a temporary thing. I didn't want to teach a night class at all at the university, but fortunately they were um, willing to work with me. Now they want to potentially hire me to full time. Uh, really? Like, yeah, it'd just be a day job. Um, Would you have in online classes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mentioned that earlier because that's what people have been yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, how are you going to do that, Brian? And I'm like... I'll make it work. The same way I do everything. <laughs> um, With class. Yeah, but... Um, you could always do podcasts on the weekend and stuff. Well, exactly. Well, here's the thing, dude. Or I already mine. talked to you about everything I've taught in the entire course in this podcast. Yeah. Martin Luther. Yeah. I don't know if that was this podcast or the last podcast, but between the two podcasts I've done today, I feel like well, I hit the whole semester. Yeah. We hit the Mongols in Columbus. Yeah. The Enlightenment. So... <clears throat> but anyway, well, dude, uh, well, feel free to come back on if you have any exciting updates for our local listeners about um, your business, Midtown Coffee. Sure. Everyone should go there. You have the Nitro Cold Brew. I do. Are you the only one in town? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the only one in I know that some of the area. Starbucks have started to get them, but man, even like I like occasionally, if I have to like be heading out of town and like you're not open, I might yeah. I might stop and get a cold brew. There's only like one in from, Arkansas, um, and it's not even the nitro. Yeah. But I might stop and get a cold brew from Starbucks, and it's not as good as what you guys do. I don't know your process or anything, but yeah, uh, real secret patented process. It's no, good, it's dude. Not. I'm telling <laughs> you, yeah. uh, I got hooked to it, and, hooked on it, and. Um, I love that cold brew. It's more potent. Like I didn't sleep a lot last night, as I mentioned, and, um, second podcast of the day, I already rocked a lecture and taught a jujitsu class and I'm about to go do the same. Nice. I'm going to sleep good tonight, but, uh, Steve's going to have that cold brew. This Keeps morning. you going. I will say that, um, there was a small period of time, like when I was like wrapping up my lecture where a, I had, I really had to pee and yeah. I like, hadn't anything to eat. And I was like, am I going to throw up? Yeah, like yeah. I felt like Brendan Schwab on Joe Rogan. Like there's been a time where like he's like, man, I didn't eat and I drink way too much coffee. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot my pants. I got. It. Or, <laughs> yeah. or or he like literally throws up in the studio. I, like that ha that has both happened, and I can't remember if it was the throw up or the bathroom break happened more than once. Yeah, one time the bathroom break happened twice in one episode where he's like, guys, I'm I'm like. I got, I got, I got to go. Like, yeah. and then the other one, like he throws up multiple times or something. Just like I felt that way. Like you get too much coffee and not enough uh, carbohydrates or yeah, whatever you, you soak need. That stuff up. Got to put some donuts in there, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, Cora, Cora hit it on the head. Like she, she not, she's not a big, big coffee drinker. But I mean, I guess she is. But um, she doesn't just like get coffee. She would be if you let her. She ain't get coffee and donuts all the time. She does drink coffee a lot more. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's just like, oh, I just love the the bitter and the sweet. And I was like, I know, right? (laughs) Now you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally, I was like, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. It's legal drug. Well, dude, Midtown Coffee, um, you want to, any plugs on that you want to put where you're located, uh, any specials, go go ahead and take it away, man. Right next to Planet Fitness, real easy to find. Uh, Stay tuned for some more location updates that we'll talk about later. Yeah, well, hey, I know you guys have been, you've been on the hunt, and I will say this in my experience, location's important, but what is important is being sure that, like, uh, you accommodate the growth of your business and and what you, you know, Every time I've grown and had an influx of income or something, I'm like, new mats, yeah. new building, new roof. Like, that's the next thing we're getting done is we're getting our roof sealed. So, um, but that's it, man. That's how I got to doing what I'm doing today is just by, like, never being satisfied. Yeah. It's also why I'm doing five episodes a week on the podcast right now. <laughs> just not satisfied. All right. Signing off, sir. Appreciate your time. Definitely.